everybody, and welcome to episode 549 of Vintage Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparo, is coming to you from the Justin Allen Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the Your Name Here Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level or any level below that if you just want to support us and get free shows. At the $5 level, you are allowed to listen to the first 548 episodes. Yes, Otherwise, you may. We deign to no. allow you to listen. You must pay. Mm-hmm. You must pay. We can't enforce this, so we're operating on a trust factor here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Chris Antista, and Patreon.com slash... I don't know. I'm Hi. And I'm just another Alan who's just happy to be here. And your first name is Matthew. And our special guest, Tim Allen. That's where I thought this was going. <laughs> My legal name's Tim Dick. I changed it to Tim Allen because wouldn't you? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do not do a Tim Allen impression. But there you go. That, that's it. More power. Tim's short for Timber. Timber Dick. Timber Dick. Uh, that's his name. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds funny. Isn't his real name Tim Dick? Like, that's, that's his I name. I think so. Yeah, you related to Andy? I hope so. <laughs> I hope they're married. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a Tim Dick story around LA, I tell you what. This is going to be an interesting episode. This might be no, the most seat of my pants top five that I've come up with in a coming long in time. Yeah. Uh, come, yeah, coming this in one up like, late in the afternoon. We're like, okay, if you want to switch, fine. It's, it's, yep. it's yep. Your, show, your show, man. Well, it came up in the morning. Maybe you guys didn't pay attention until late. Didn't afternoon, see it. Yeah. So. Not my morning, dog. It's It's been a very prolific week for movie news. We've had trailers for Ghostbusters and a new Planet of the Apes. And we've also had the announcement that Nintendo with Miyamoto and producer Avi Arad are (laughs) are moving forward on a live action Zelda movie. And you love the um, the, the way the the shade being thrown there. I don't know if you guys have seen, but a lot of articles are basically like instead of just saying Avi Arad, like Spider-Man's Avi Arad or X-Men's, it's all Mm -hmm. just like, Morbius's Avi Arad, yeah. like, which is like the best way to throw shade without actually Blade Trinities are Avi yeah. Arad. Well, I, I can't think of Avi Arad without thinking of the very important panel that we had to go to at E3 a bunch of years ago. Like a big secret announcement. This is going to be huge. And we get in there and they it's the Lost Planet movie. Yeah. It's happening, and David so Hayter is writing it, and Avi Arad is producing it, and basically the the whole presentation was just them making the announcement, and then like each one going in turn and saying like, "Yes, we're very proud to be working on this, and very excited to bring Lost Planet to the big." Going to try to be true to the spirit of the game, uh-huh. which I haven't played. Please look forward uh, to our film. Please look. <laughs> what a waste of fucking time! Yeah. Oh, but so um. Between live-action Zelda and a new Ghostbusters starring mostly kids, and like a who's who of nerd comedy, we got Kamal Nanjiani (laughs) and Patton Oswalt and the original Ghostbusters. Like, this is really a great week for movies I would have loved when I was 10 years old, and they're now kind of like, eh, let's see. I'll, you know, keep an open mind. They're probably fun. So Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not anti-Mario movie, so... No, Miyamoto as executive fun. producer, I'm down. Yeah. But Michael, it's it's weird. It's almost as if this entire episode might be classified as a video. Video. 
So yes, yes, it, it the whole thing is a VGA Hollywood segment. And, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, because of that, uh, decided at the last minute to make a video game movie themed top five. And obviously, we've done a few of these. So I decided to do one that's like, what about video game, TV, and movie adaptations that have absolutely nothing to do with the source material? Now, not Which happens more often nothing. than you think. Oh, it really does. <laughs> like, it used to be the norm where... Yeah, like, most yeah. of the time. Like, we're so used to Marvel sort of opening the door to f- relatively faithful adaptations. Yeah, f- fuck you, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> that we're, we're... We forgot, like, there was a time when directors would be like, oh, fuck, a video game adaptation? Who gives a shit? Yeah, let's just... Here, here's a script that was written ten years ago for something else. We'll just change yeah. some of the names. Well, and well, Chris not... and I have commented a lot. It a lot of it has to do with, for some reason in Hollywood, uh, studio execs have this thing of like, trust me, mm-hmm. I know better. Yeah. I know yeah. what your fans. These really assholes don't know story. That's that's out of this thing. A perception you gave me, Matt, because yeah. like you worked in both businesses. Oh, when and I've seen it, I've seen it yeah. firsthand, and and I'm like, you don't. You don't get what people like about this thing, do right. you? And it's no. like, well, no, trust me, we we do. We and do. I, I think I'm, I'm on the re- I'm on record saying there is no story in Zelda that will be done well. What's great about Zelda has nothing to do with anything that can be put on screen in a movie. It doesn't. The character doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we actually we a uh, couple of friends of mine we were, we had a debate like, will this movie feature a silent protagonist? Or not. Like, no. That's... And, and I'm not mad about it, but because, you know, maybe it'll be cool, but like the things we like about Zelda are why the, the medium of games is special. It's why it can't be adapted. It's why it shouldn't be adapted. Mm. I, not, not shouldn't be adapted, because obviously you could tell a cool story in the Zelda world. I don't mean to say that's Man, impossible. If, if they like pull a coup and cast like a nonverbal actor who speaks in sign language. That would actually be sort of interesting, potentially. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You get half the cast of Spider-Man too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sort of a hot take on my part from this one. I don't think the Zelda franchise needs a silent protagonist anymore. And in fact, I think that it probably hurt the storytelling of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Like, Because there are so many times where they're clearly working around the fact that Link can't speak, that it's like... If he just spoke, we could have resolved so much of these issues, or I could it could have been a better story. Like, is it all one sided? It's a one sided well, conversation of a guy nodding. Excuse me, Alan. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm that. sorry. Other than Breath of the Wild and maybe one other Zelda, there are three MacGuffins, and there's mm-hmm. a bad guy trying to take over the world. You do not need any dialogue to convey that because it's a fucking video game, hmm. and every the magic of Zelda happens everywhere except those plot points and that is something you cannot put on i'm not saying you can't put on screen i just don't know exactly what they're thinking i don't think they're thinking <laughs> here's um, what they're thinking um mario made like 1.2 yeah. billion dollars yeah billion dollars <laughs> that's, that's a lot of reasons yeah. to do and nintendo something. didn't have to develop a game for five years it, it took it took 18 months and we made a billion dollars. Yeah. It, it, but it, it, it is like, you know, how do you do this justice? Because you're right. So much of Zelda. Like, I love the story and characters of Zelda. 
but they would not be enough to sustain that franchise on their own. No. It's like it's again, it's the gameplay, it's the fun that of the interacting with this world of the exploration, and it's, you cannot do that in a movie. If you if you think about everything we got excited about for Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, did you know if you like combined a diamond gem to this and shoot it at that, like how are you gonna how are you gonna convey that in a movie more than once? Hmm. It's impossible. Like it's it's why these mediums are separate. And, but it, I don't mean to say there can't be a Zelda adaptation. Yeah. Well, there's also like you know two dozen Zelda stories. Which one yeah. do you start with for this? You yeah. just do a hodgepodge. And whatever they do, they're not going to do different stories every time. It'll just be a follow up on whatever that is. And I'm just I am filled with dread. Maybe I'm an old man. Maybe I'm an old coot. I apologize. I try to be open-minded, but I just... Zelda, I think, is like... If I were optioning movies, games to make into movies, that would be the last one. Now, that'd be a movie I'd watch is... Chris is filled with dread, eh? I filled you. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'm dread. I'm Judge Dread. From a popularity standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely, Zelda is the next logical choice. I just can't figure out how... Like, I'm not a director, obviously, but I can't Mm -hmm. figure out how this could be done in a compelling way. Well, I know how it ends. Hmm. The way it ends is the same way Smash Bros. ends, is once you have the NCU, yes, just coin that, so mm-hmm. if you use it, you have to give me some money. Kirby eats everybody, basically eats the entire universe, and is basically godlike by yeah, the end of Kirby the Yeah, Kirby is Thanos. Yoshi flashes yeah. his ass at the camera and puts his head over his shoulders and looks sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Kirby, like in the end of Smash. Kirby is inevitable. That's, yeah. that's exactly like <laughs> Thanos. Like, Sweet. Uh, anyway, let's let's just dig into these movies, beginning with... Number five. A land ruled by evil. A secret society of Avengers. This is the headquarters of the Brimstone Society. Physical strength means nothing. I do not intend to stop fighting for a second. Will the world be ruled by light or darkness? Prepare to witness the beginning of the new era. I have no idea what this is. Well, let's let the trailer finish explaining it. A dark force threatens to take over the world. There comes a time when we need heroes to champion our freedoms. Chris Vanalokan. Matt Davis. Matt Davis? Michael Madsen. Billy Zane. Meet both a day. And Academy Award winner Ben Kingsley. Oh, I got Gandhi. The adventure begins. I knew this was coming. Gandhi, the of game. Course, yes. Coming uh, to theaters this Friday. <laughs> so, but you didn't mention Ben's it. King is, is this the first or the second one? This is the first one. The second okay. one is in the Old West. The third one, the third Blood Rain movie is uh, finally getting into the subject matter of the game and she's fighting the third <laughs> Reich. Uh, you know what I love? I love that Ben Kingsley went ahead and made the movie that Christopher was pitching him in The Sopranos and it yes. ended up being Blood Rain. <laughs> it's basically like, Cleaver. Uh, so I, I felt like I had to get Uva Bowl in this somewhere. Oh, the thing right. is, for the most part, his movies are actually relatively faithful to the stories and the characters of the, the games they're based on. They're just terrible. Yeah, uh, he's not very creative. Board. Yeah, he's not very creative. But And and to that point, like, of course he's going to pull everything he can from the games because then you have to come up with new shit. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, he he always ra- rants about studio executives having ego and trying to change things. And, oh, they spend all their money on cocaine. You should have done more cocaine, Uwe, mm. like that. Yeah, <laughs> really get the inspiration going. So Blood Rain, I, I picked this one because it, even though it's it, it might actually be his best movie. Yeah. And also one of his more boring ones. But production values, it's like, oh, yeah, no, no, you know, nothing's uh, falling from off camera into the frame. Uh, nobody falls and flubs their lines and they keep that in. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have to see Dave Foley's dick. Yeah, I don't have to see Dave Foley's dick. It's not intercut with video game footage. You don't have to see <laughs> the last five minutes you just watched played back at double speed. Oh, you can actually I... see what's going on in the frame because it's not totally dark. Um can I be honest for a second? I I think we've all seen Dave Foley's dick way more than we probably thought we ever would. Yes. Like this yeah. and, and the uh, the new Kids in the Hall reboot from what yes. a year ago. I, fearless I acci- about nudity. I accidentally caught his comedy special from 2013, and he talks openly about his divorce. <laughs> his divorce, he was married while he was on Kids in the Hall and got divorced after news radio was over, and his alimony was set at... A price. I'm not working on a network sitcom at eight o'clock anymore. I don't have a job. How am I supposed to come up with money as if I'm on a sitcom at eight o'clock on NBC? And he's just like, I don't know if you've seen this, but my career's doing terribly. <laughs> he said that about, <laughs> that about himself. I hate to hear it because I think Dave Foley is a fucking genius, and he wrote mm-hmm. one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. The yeah. wrong guy. Mm-hmm. He also has a great quote that one of you guys has told me before about what cute doesn't age or something like that. Which the is the like, cute yeah. don't age well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. That I think is he so says that, that. Yeah, and that's special. Yeah, mm. I was the good-looking guy, and then you know, thirty, forty, and fifty happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't get to see Dave Foley's dick in Blood Rain. God, you do get he... to see Meat Wolf, uh, Meat Wolf, Meatloaf <laughs> in a bad wig. Is that a gift you laid on my feet downstairs? How delightful. No, Leonid's just Kagan's. <laughs> Kagan. Ooh, Kagan. What? Kagan. The mightiest of all vampires. Funny, Domestier. I do not see him. Uh, so that that scene, so Meatloaf is in a, like a big white wig, uh, lounging. And among, I like, would do anything for work. <laughs> even a U, even a UA Bull movie, yeah. apparently. L- lounging around with what were apparently four locally sourced sex workers during this this shoot in Romania, and oh yeah, he he's just kind of like lounging around and and being like very. You know, French aristocrat circa the 18th century, which I found out th- this is when this is set. I always assumed it was some like something like the the 1200s or something because it's very very medieval. Everybody's no, using swords and shit. It's just it's just shot on location in a PUBG level. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so yeah, and and Michael Madsen and Michelle Rodriguez is in it, and they're vampire hunters with the Brimstone Society, which is from the game. But it's, you know, it's not just a ragtag group. It's a secret society dedicated to confronting and fighting the supernatural and supernatural creatures, not just vampires. Blood Rain in the games was canonically born in 1915, so she fights the Nazis in the 30s and 
lives lives a, an unnaturally long life, and I think Blood Rain Two might be in the modern day. But in the movies, or the, the here's the thing: I, I've spent more time with these movies than I have the game. Same, actually. So <laughs> yes, the the first game is set in the 1930s. The second game is set in the modern day. The first movie is set in the 18th century, although it looks like just generic medieval low fantasy. The second movie is in the Wild West where you've got Billy the Kid, who is a vampire, played by um, the, the guy who also stars in the Postal movie, who was Scott Farkas in A Christmas Story. Yeah, the guy who was in that Titus show. I guess. Yeah, the red-haired guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott something. Oh, wait, no, you just said Scott Farkas. <laughs> I suck. No, Scott, <laughs> Scott Farkas is the name of the, the character, yeah. I, I know, I've, I can look it up. Yeah, I'll okay. look it up while you're while talking. While you look it up, in 2011, Uwe Boll finally made... Blood Rain, the Third Reich, where she goes and fights Nazis. And I think this was like one or two actresses later. He also made, at the same time, a movie called Blubberella, which was a parody <laughs> of the Blood Rain movie he was shooting with a plus size actress. And I guess they would use, like, they would shoot during the day for Blood Rain. And then he'd use the same sets at night with a different cast uh, to shoot this other movie. I haven't seen either one, to be honest. I have only seen the first two. And again, probably... Zach Ward. Zach Ward, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. As Billy the Kid. And and that move, like, the production values took such a tumble between Blood Rain 1 and 2. Like, this is, I think, his most lavish movie. Like, mm -hmm. they, they have sets, they have costumes, they have color and lighting. And Blood Rain 2 just looks like it was shot in a mud puddle at night. Uh, everything's dark, everything's <laughs> filthy. Uh, and that's, that's the weird, like, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of stuff on 30, 2010. Let's say this week, Master and Commander come, is up. I know Diana's a huge fan. JR is a huge movie. fan. Never, never Matt's a huge fan. Again, Didn't bomb. Did very well. Yeah. Everyone's hankering for a sequel. There was a Blood Rain 2 greenlit before Blood Rain 1 could bomb and be critically panned. Jesus. How is he doing this? Well, uh, Uwe Boll was notorious for, I think, he ensured that all of his films would at the very least make their money back because there is a loophole in German tax law. Or they, there's there's some law in Germany. There's for whatever reason, like his investors, like if you invest in a German movie, it is guaranteed. So you will at least get your money back, even if it bombs. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like we we should have more stuff like that because they want to they want to promote German film production. Yeah, and it, it's a, a possibility of a twenty million dollar movie fifteen twenty years ago. Global market, global cable market. You could conceivably make that back even yeah. on a terrible film. And and Uwe Boll, like he to his credit, he had the sort of ethic that you know Roger Corman had, where it's yeah. just like I will shoot this and it will be on schedule and under budget, and that is all that matters. And the same people worked with him over and over again. By all accounts, he's not an asshole. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is the cool story of Uwe Boll. People yeah. didn't hate working with him. Although the people that he he punched out in the ring, which it turns out, like, so he, critics. he he had that stunt for, for Postal, but he wanted critics. No critics volunteered. Some random dudes on the internet volunteered. Right. It was like the eye mockery guy or yeah, something. Yeah. And like, like Rich Kianka. Rich Kianka <laughs> from, from something awful. Low tax. Mm. Yeah. And he got the shit beat out of him. And he, like, they, they were had been told to expect, like, oh, yeah, he's not really going to lay into you we're just going to make this look good for the cameras and like he kicked their asses he just laid into them it's 
So yeah, if you're if at that point, if you were a paid critic with insurance, like your boss wouldn't let you go. To no. This. <laughs> and uh, so, well, but, what but, what uh, adult would actually do that? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like we're we're going down memory lane here, but I, I am. I was looking into him recently, and I'm legit sad the saga's over. Hmm. I think last I heard, he runs restaurants. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he he, he runs a lot. And he, and he talks very poorly about his critics as if it's all their fault and not mm-hmm. his. I think, what was it? I, I watched one of his movies, Heart of America, which was his columbine movie basically and mm. and like it was with michael paré as a as a teacher the guy from streets of fire who's in like every uva bowl movie and like i streets was of fire great video game movie yeah i i was <laughs> kind of pissed off watching heart of america because it's like this is actually kind of good yeah. like this is better than any of that video game crap which means he does not care about the video game movies. Like, he doesn't yeah, care he, about he, making he, them good because people like me will watch garbage. He had an Ed Wood... Like, no, Ed Wood isn't even fair because Uwe Boll was competent. If you yeah. saw, like, Tunnel Rats or, like, uh, his non-video game movies, but he's like, no one's going to greenlight and finance my non-video game movies. This is how I'm going to make money. Hmm. It's him pitching... I got this movie for these about these Vietnam vets. I mean something based on a PS1 game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a uh, Well, he, that's the thing. He made a game to promote the Tunnel Rats movie mm-hmm. or he he financed it or whatever. But and and he also went on the record being pissed off at um whoever Blood Rain's publisher was. Uh I want to say a cl- I'm not sure who. Shit. But, All right, I'll look it up. Yeah, but he, he was he was angry because he wanted them to make another game to promote the right, movie. Right, that series was dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's it been dead for dead. years. Like, make Blood Rain three already. And, I feel and, like uh, wasn't Blood Rain like a response to God? I'm, I'm blanking on the names of those movies. The, the movies from like the early 2000s that pitted vampires against Underworld. Werewolves. Underworld, like was it yeah. Blood Rain, sort of the Underworld era? Kind of. Well, I think Blood Rain also came out of the Nocturne series, which included the first Blair Witch game. Majesco, Majesco, thank <laughs> oh, you. Oh boy! But she, she, I think, was sort of loosely grew out of this character named Svetlana Lupescu, who was also like a dampier with like you know big blades on her mounted to her forearms. And that was also Blood Rain's thing. Like, and we're 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 in a, po- a point in thirty twenty ten where you, we're watching all the Underworld movies. They are unrepentantly terrible. Hmm. It is, but they are they're kind of fun though. They're, they're a lot gl- more. They're a lot more stylish than this uh, this fight scene with uh, Ben Kingsley, who, when he's in these kinds of roles, I like to refer to as Ken Bingsley. His strong reign, <laughs> but not skilled enough. Give me the heart, and I shall spare your life. I would choose death. You're interfering with fate. With the talisman joined, vampire shall rule the earth. As if your interests are no For centuries we've been cursed that the shadows slaughtered by the fearful have you not always longed for freedom reign. You condemned me the day you raped my mother. I will see she has vengeance. Academy Award winner, Romanian vacation seeker, and paycheck haver, uh, Ben Kingsley, everybody. <laughs> Gandhi. Uh, so I've raped the mother in this scene. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Go. Yeah. Go. Jesus. Uh, yeah, Michael, Michael Caine's school of movie making, like, yeah, Joel's 3D played from a house. That's, that's all I saw. I saw what it, I didn't see the movie. I saw the house it paid for. Mm-hmm. I almost did a new A-Bowl movie. 
<laughs> one time. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but he said he was going to do adapt flower for the PS3. And I'm like, how are you going to get the six access into every theater and the bloody <laughs> universe? And I... Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good, Michael King. Nice, nicely sorry, done. Sorry. All right, that's actually a good point to move this on. This movie was only 17 years old. <laughs> only 17 years old. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number four. In life, there is beauty and there is terror. One must not overwhelm the other. To embrace both, you'll need the strength of a warrior. The stealth of a predator and the wisdom speed of the of a master. Once you have found your power, you must decide what you fight for. Mm, what I indeed. don't know what this is, and I've seen all these. I saw the list. Yeah, <laughs> this is Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> oh. Now, I, I could have talked about the earlier Street Fighter film, which also plays very fast and loose with Street Fighter canon. It's not a fighting tournament. It's a Desert Storm-style UN invasion of a tiny country ruled <laughs> over by the, a dictator. I mean, animated, to me, it was just a Tuesday, Michael. <laughs> it was, even had the, the animated movie... Ever. Plays fast and loose with because mm-hmm. there is no real plot to Street Fighter other than like people are in a fighting game tournament. I mean, there there is there's, if you pay attention plot, to the ending. Yeah, there's there's story. It gets it ignored by like every single adaptation, but I don't think any of them ignored it harder than the Legend of Chun Li. This is like a total reimagining of Street Fighter canon. What all the characters are. Chun Li is not an Interpol investigator, detective, whatever. She is. A pianist played by <laughs> Kristen Crook. <laughs> the, uh, Do you think I would have asked for a 12-inch pianist, Michael? Mm-hmm. Honestly? With, that turns upside down and spins its balls around again. <laughs> uh, yeah, she goes to Thailand where she runs afoul of uh, Bison, who sounds like this. Show a prisoner the world, and all he sees are the bars on the window. You needn't be so cynical. Home sweet home. Gorgeous, isn't it? Sarge Meeting Very well. Thank you for asking. I'm officially the only surviving partner of Shadow. How, how do you pronounce it Shadow Lao when it's spelled with like two O's? Like, yeah, how did that pronunciation Shadow Lu, I believe, is the right pronunciation, but yeah, I've, in the movies I've heard Shadow Lao, Shadow Law. Like, make up your minds, Capcom. Come on, what is it? So I told you guys my story about Neil McDonough, who mm-hmm. is that M. Bison there, which yes. is I was I was at a wrestling He's show. He's amazing. I was in a pretty decent seat at a wrestling show that I had gotten through some corporate thing or whatever. It was like a house WWE show. It might have been a TV taping. No, it was a TV taping, and that's why he was there. And they moved me so that fucking M. Bison and Michael Clark Duncan could wow. take my seats and wow. I got so I got I got bumped like two rows back for fucking uh Neil McDonough in uh, this version of M. Bison. Wow. So, it, it, that, that's the of all the movies I think we'll talk well ben, Ken Bingsley is pretty great but yeah. like Neil McDonough, <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan and even the Smallville girl they're talented people. Mm-hmm. And Chris Klein. 
Chris in the movie. Crap. Oh, oh, I got, <laughs> I got some Chris Klein quotes. Spent the last three years of my life chasing around an organization called Shadow Out. Those bodies piled up in the harbor. They were the heads of the ruling crime families of Bangkok, correct? Uh-huh, right? And now they're all dead except for one. His name's Bison. Dude. I tracked him through 11 major cities on four continents and never come close, not once. This guy walks through the raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> or he spins vertically. Um... This performance, I think he went to the Nicolas Cage School of Acting for mm. like a couple of weeks because it's the, in hindsight, it's the most redeemable thing about the movie because it's so transfixing. Chris Klein in the Street Fighter movie as Charlie Nash, everyone's favorite not guile character ever. Yeah. Just make him guile for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no one was asked Charlie Nash to be in the movie. Chris Klein uh, is so popular, they made him the character who had been missing from the Street Fighter series yeah. for years. Yeah, we don't want like anybody to associate to. this with the original Street <laughs> yeah. Fighter movie. But, what? Yeah. Like, oh my god. And, and th- th- yeah, this his character, I'm, there's plenty of YouTube montages. Mm-hmm. I, it well, is that's not good acting. It is the most acting <laughs> you can get for your buck. It is the most hardest head twisty raspy for no reason mm-hmm. i'm the i'm the sweetheart american pie guy <laughs> and now i'm speaking in bosch-esque cop-isms <laughs> the entire time <laughs> seem to be trying to do a christian slater impression half the time yeah. i'm really trying to nail a burn notice cameo next week okay oh it is so sweaty and hilarious <laughs> to watch sweaty. uh well oh. I, I haven't said the thing that I think I think is this movie's capital sin that Bison is not just Irish, even though the actor playing him, Neil McDonough, is American. Yes. yes. Does not speak with an Irish accent except as this character. Why does he have an Irish accent? Because he's the son of Irish missionaries who were killed when he was a baby and he grew up on the mean streets of Bangkok and had an <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> like none of this equals Irish accent. And he, it's, and he's, he's basically, he's, they turned him into an evil real estate developer. He's yeah. Donald Trump. He's just yeah, a, a dude in a suit. And he's keeping Chun Li's dad hostage in a basement. That's who he was talking to in that clip. I haven't watched it in, in over a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it feels like there's a good exploitation movie in here somewhere because Maybe. it really does try and be pretty gritty and like, no, we want five Street Fighter characters and one of them's Nash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this wasn't based on Street Fighter, it might go up from like, you know, a C minus to a B minus. But no, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I guess. I think it, it, it'll be more fascinating forever that it is Street Fighter because when they unveil that spinning bird kick, mm-hmm. that is the dumbest th- effect I've ever <laughs> seen. Like Jackie Chan straight to video. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter Battle is better than that from, like, the goddamn, like, 91. Yeah, from City Hunter. Uh, City Hunter, yeah. yes. And there's also a sort of baffling scene where she fights Vega and kicks his mask off. No wonder you wear a mask. Like, are you saying he's ugly? It's just taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. Like, that's just his face. <laughs> but also, that is that is not the lore of Street Fighter, where no. Vega wears his mask because he's so vain, he doesn't want his face to get 
scarred exactly. in fight. So that's the opposite of the lore. Like, yeah, I don't. Or is know she complimenting what... him? Is like, no wonder you wear a mask. Your face is so delicate; it must be protected. No, and she's my, not uh, doing that. She needs my... to go back to Smallville. Is what she needs to do. My favorite anecdote about this: What year did it come out, Michael? Like oh four, oh three, oh nine. It was later, yeah. Oh, oh, nine. Okay. I worked at Capcom mm-hmm. kind of immediately afterwards. We talked about a bunch of old stuff that happened. I touched John claude Van Damme's guile suit. He's a very small man. I could not fit in that suit. Hmm. Wow. Nobody ever brought this up. And I don't honestly know if it was from trauma or how little anybody was involved. And, and I only think that's weird because this is the first video game movie I remember seeing, other than one we might talk about, that used the game developer's name in the advertising. Like Capcom, when the trailers came out, it's in, it's before you see any footage, you see Capcom. It's on the back of the, uh, if you flip over the DVD, it's on the back of the box, Capcom's logo. That is not the case of the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter movie. They're they're like it's they're barely mentioned like from the characters based on Capcom, not like Capcom presents. <laughs> so it's one of those mis like I didn't think to ask. I I heard a billion stories. Some I've related on the show. Some I never can tell. I heard not one anecdote about this fucking film uh, from from Capcom ever. So wow. So uh, so to me that says either like no one was involved or it was really hurt everybody <laughs> and every and, or, and everybody who worked on it was fired probably a little column a a little column b because the, the, the dumbest story i have on that like i i moved desks um we changed floors i moved downstairs and um you know someone was supposed to clean out the desk and i open up my desk and it is all the files from street fighter 1994 and it was somebody's job in the company to f- to watch every single piece of footage Jean-Claude Van Damme did wow. to promote that movie and type it out and put it in a file. Oh, Jesus. And I, I every single one, here's Arsenio Hall, here's Letterman, here's Today's Show. Like, good God. So, like, it, it's not like Capcom didn't care and wasn't keeping tabs. Hmm. This movie... Worked there for a couple of years. Didn't hear. Didn't hear or think to ask anything. Good God. Yeah, I should have messaged well, someone there. Like, tell me something. I know a couple of people were there when this happened. Yeah, I'll say. I think the '94 Street Fighter movie, like that, holds up. Like that has gotten better with age. Weirdly, because it well, works as a comedy wonderfully. Yeah, it's very stupid. Yeah, it works the same way that the original Super Mario Brothers. If, if you know it's a train wreck, mm-hmm. you can have a good time with it. Yeah. It's but not there good. is stuff in there that's like this is clearly meant to be funny, and it sort of mm. lands it. I, yeah. I think the most remarkable thing is like the first movie was regarded as a, a flop and a failure, and then they did it again. They didn't like like <laughs> at least at least Super Mario learned its lesson, and the you know the, the second movie was just like yeah this is this is the well, lore I, I'm not that sure. we all want and the characters. I'm not Street sure they're just like not nah, fuck it. We're doing I'm, it again. I'm not sure that they did learn a lesson because this is just a much cheaper movie. With the Street Fighter, oh license. yeah, it's, it's definitely much cheaper because they, they didn't go the blockbuster route. No, they didn't. They didn't like try and improve anything. Like let's get this. Wreck It Ralph did more for the Street Fighter brand on screen than either of those movies. Yeah, that's fair. Well, speaking of one of those movies you mentioned, not Wreck It Ralph, but the other one. Not not Street Fighter, but the other one. Let's talk about that. Number three. They're brothers. They're plumbers. Oh no. 
They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it the power to rule the universe. Get me the rock! Come and get it, lizard breath! Dennis Rodman, give me the rock! You're telling me this movie was made in the 90s? No. I don't believe you. How much? How many trailers use that? So it's so good. It's getting. So it's getting. Many. It's getting kind of heavy. That's the best part. You got to include the heavy part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this is obviously yes, the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. This probably this might have like other than Blood Rain the most to do with its property, kind of. And in, in that, like, well, on a superficial level. It does have two plumber brothers named Mario and Luigi. They eventually wear clothes that are sort of similar to their video game outfits. They fight a guy named Koopa, although he is, again, a Trump-style real estate developer. This time he's, you know, played by Dennis Hopper. It was weird we took the prototype for every 80s and 90s villain and somehow made him president. (laughs) Yes! What is wrong with conservatives? (laughs) What's wrong with America? If if I went... Guys, I got a pack ready... Sauron. Hear me out. He's going to be great. <laughs> He's going to be Look, amazing. Here's what we need for the next president. I'm envisioning a big flaming eye over the White House. It's there all the time. He's got recognition out the wazoo. Uh, but it... it oh, I don't know where to start with this. Well, it's, no, you- so, this was developed by, I think, a husband and wife team that had previously yes. worked on Max Hedrum. And they had a clear vision for what they wanted the Super Mario Brothers movie to be. They wanted it to be a gritty, dark, cyberpunk-esque movie that had nothing in common with the Super Mario Brothers games. And they clashed with the producers who wanted to make a kid-friendly movie like you would make out of the (laughs) Super Mario Brothers games. And what we ended up with was sort of the results of this tug-of-war where everybody got their way and none of it works. Um, I, 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 I feel like this is the most controversial thing I'll say. Mm -hmm. I think people who say this is a good movie have a weird kind of Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) This is... I mean, yeah, that's nostalgia. Yeah, it's, it's an objectively terrible movie that could have achieved cult status i think if it was named if i described it to you and it was named anything but super mario Bros. yes because everything in it is so wild and crazy uh and donkey basketball but <laughs> but it is not mario <laughs> but it is it's not mario at all but i feel like there's been i've seen a couple of articles absolving these directors of their responsibility to the horrible film that they made. (laughs) Like, like you wrote, like you approved the script. You got these, these amazing Mm -hmm. sets in any other film. Yeah. These amazing sets. built. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it was all built inside of a concrete factory, apparently like an abandoned or disused one. Now it's accurate (laughs) to Mario. You don't say so. Wrecking crew. Now, yeah. Now, or Mario cement factory. There you go. Yeah. Well, even like sort of the original Mario Bros could have easily been a cement factory. It was just a bunch of bricks and pipes, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. But it's okay. it's sunny. It's not dark all the time. It's not but, a benighted alternate dimension 
of horrible New York. This shit seems so bizarre, but like I, I've had several writing jobs as kind of an amateur writer because nobody wants to do it. No one wants to look up the source material. No one wants to read about the source material. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them in that by the time this movie was made, it's like, uh, for me, it's about five years after the, the American Mario phenomenon has been going. There's no way an adult has been that steeped in it as a, a little kid would be. They're obviously going to make something different. But they they also obviously didn't read anything but bullet points about right. what the Mario series was and where it took place and what it was about. Yeah. So the this version of Mario is uh, it's set not in the Mushroom Kingdom but in the city of Dino Hatton, which is in an alternate <sighs> dimension where oh. people evolved from dinosaurs instead of from primates. And they still look exactly like people, but everyone thinks of themselves as more lizardy. You know, an unbelievably complicated layer to a, st- yeah. <laughs> a premise that has no complicated layers. Uh, Dino Hatton <laughs> is ruled over by King Koopa, a.k.a. Dennis Hopper. Monkey. Yeah, who, who rules with an iron fist. Toad is in it, but for whatever reason, he is played by Mojo Nixon. Hey, hey, guys. Cheer up. Things will get worse. Wait for it. Oh, there it is. There it is. Woo, he got it. He nailed it. You know the law, Toad. Hey, wait a minute. You can't arrest the guy that you're singing a Wait a minute. I <laughs> My favorite Brooklyn Welshman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Bob what Hoskins. I said. I said earlier, it's not Mario. I should uh, take that back because Bob Hoskins Mario is like the one thing that works really well in this movie. He's not a bad character, but Bob Hoskins fucking rules. Yes. Roger Rabbit and Long Good Friday forever. They're two of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Bob Hoskins is this shit. He's pretty good in this. He does well with the material that he's given. It's it's just so utterly strange from top to bottom. Uh you've got yeah, Dennis Hopper as Koopa who only turns into like a sort of dinosaurish form near the end. But uh, there, we and, should and say he, Dennis Hopper was riding the highs of Speed, the yeah. movie Speed. He had a career. No, it's also possibly the drug Speed. speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think Dennis Hopper at this period was pretty difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he I like his blue velvet character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fuck that shit, man. Yeah. Well, he, blue ribbon. So, like, part of the plot is that he kidnaps Princess Daisy, who's, like, the legitimate princess of Dino Hatton, but crossed dimensions as a baby and was left in an orphanage, as you do. Let me stop you at Dino Hatton. Mm-hmm. Uh, take my money. You have yeah. all the funding you need. <laughs> right. Like, just premise. make a movie called Dino Hatton. <laughs> Don't know? take the character from Super Mario Land, who can only be with Luigi. They made that movie. It was called Adventures in Dinosaur City. It was much better than this. Yeah, this movie fucking sucks. And <laughs> you have a you have a problem if you think it's good. Mm. It is objectively bad. Uh, uh, so yeah, Koopa introduces himself to the brothers by posing as their lawyer, and I want you to see if you can catch the adult joke in this. I'm uh, Larry Lazard of Lazard Lazard, Conda Dactyl, and Cohen. Who sent you? 
Are you from a city? No, I'm from that uh, little part of all of us that can't stand to see someone else in need or in pain. Yeah, bet. Yeah, Lazard, Lazard, Conda, Dactyl, and Cohen. I heard in Cohen in the background. Is what that is just a what, Jewish yeah. joke? Yeah, what, it's what Jewish joke. It's because oh. everything's a reptile reference except Cohen. Because even yeah. in Dino Hatton, the lawyers are still Jews. <sighs> <sighs> Oh, I wish all of this was dead. <laughs> For the first time ever, I'm not wishing myself dead, having to relive this. I wish everyone, and thank God, Dennis Hopper and Bob Hoskins aren't around to hear this kind of criticism mm-hmm. for their otherwise flawless film career. Yeah. They're both great. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper tries to hit on Princess Daisy at one point, lulls out like an eight-inch tongue, and says, you know what they say about little girls. And it's just a it's really so creepy and unpleasant scene. But it also introduces this movie's take on another beloved character. You're a... Go ahead and say it. <laughs> Dinosaur. <laughs> Yoshi is a pet of the royal family. You may pet him. Just uh, don't move your hands around like a small wounded animal. Yeah, Yoshi's just like a baby T-Rex. You see what, you see what I'm saying, though? Like... They made Yoshi King Koopa's pet raptor. Mm-hmm. You looked at a bullet-pointed sheet of things and characters and like, yeah, we got them all in. It's all good. That's where Yoshi belongs. Yeah. He's an orange pet raptor of the enemy. That's who he is. And it's it's the, Yoshi has good effects. To their credit, this comes out like a couple weeks after Jurassic Park. Its dinosaur effects are not influenced by them at all. No, well, I think it was, it was a puppet also. Like, I remember seeing a, like a set photo of it in Nintendo Power. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. If it were anything but Yoshi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, yes. This is this is uh, multiverse kind of shit. Yeah. Like, if you if you went to a dimension where Mario is wrong and you left immediately. <laughs> that, that's that's what the Super Mario Brothers yeah. movie where, is. Where everybody, instead of turtles, you get dudes in really ugly early 90s designer Italian suits. And, and and the the flirtation with dinosaurs and Mario was so short lived in hindsight. Mm-hmm. It was really big in 1993 because of Mario World. Exactly. But yeah, like uh, Mario rides a one of the what's that what's that sea creature thing he rides around. But that's like the most dinosaur shit that has been in those games ever since. It's not there anymore. Oh yeah, Plessy the uh, Plessy yeah yeah. The, Thank you, Wiki Parez. He didn't even look that up. Nope. That was from his brain. Mm-hmm. I and just remembered it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> All right. Well, let's fuck this movie and people who like it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I can't entirely disagree. But let's move along to number two. All began as an innocent little lab accident, and now Uncle Harry is an uncommon housefly, and four-year-old Turner is as big as Dad. But the Edison family makes the best of a bizarre situation in their happy home known as Maniac Mansion. I want you to meet the Edisons. Ike. Idella. Turner. Tina. Casey. And Harry. I like that their three children are named after Ike and Tina Turner. I'm sorry, baby. The next movie will be better. (laughs) So this was uh, it gave the title away in in the uh, the the sound clip. So I might as well just play the second half of it. 
Maniac Mansion accentuates the positive as the looniest, sweetest family comedy of the year. No matter what through thick and thin, and no matter how strange your family may appear to be, appear, it's... The family stays together. They stay close. Close-knit. Experience Maniac Mansion on Sunday and Friday nights, only on the Family Channel. Yeah, so... Wow. Some people might remember a little game called Maniac Mansion that uh, led to I've heard of it. Day of the Tentacle. It was, you know, an early LucasArts point-and-click adventure game, kind of revolutionary for its time. Still sort of amazing because nobody really makes games like this even now yeah. uh, that, are, that are that flexible where you can just kind of play havoc and your, your actions determine the story. It's why I don't take great umbrage with how they adapted it, because, like, at... It's hard. It's a comedy. I take some umbrage because it has nothing to do with yeah. the events of Maniac yeah. Mansion, where like Maniac Mansion is sort of like Rocky Horror or a '50s horror movie, where you go into a creepy house and there's a weird, mad scientist and alien tentacles and shit like that. This is about a befuddled inventor who uh, <laughs> one of his devices turned like he's, he's a mad scientist, but he lives with a traditional suburban family and, you know, his wife and their three kids and his brother and his brother's wife also live with them. And uh, one day his brother is uh, turned into a fly with a human head in a mishap with some machine in the basement. Okay, Ernie, we'll get your mouth. Don't you worry. That's what uncles are for. <laughs> Mother of mercy. You're like a bit player in a David Cronenberg movie. I was, was going to say, they just yeah, combined yeah, the right. plot of The Fly and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. From it, executive producer David Cronenberg presents Flyin' yeah. this Sunday on CBS. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's with his nephew Turner, and they go into this teleporter thing to find Turner's ball, and oh, the door closes on them. And so Turner gets spliced with Harry's body and becomes a hulking, middle-aged, balding man with the mind of a toddler. And uh, and Harry becomes a fly with the head of a human. And uh, yeah, this is this is created is this... by Eugene Levy. Uh, what? Wow. Yeah. Shits Creeks, Eugene Levy. Yeah. So apparently it was a man who can speak with his eyebrows. Yeah. It was the the idea started at Lucasfilm. And at some point, they handed it to, to Eugene Levy to develop it, and it was supposed to be like, yeah, it's sort of an edgy, sci-fi, dark comedy. And he's like, no, it is a friendly family comedy about a family mm. called the Edisons. It's going to be like the Cosby show if it was really Canadian and had a mad scientist say, instead of a doctor. At the time, Eugene Levy was the SCTV guy. Yes. Maybe... Was he in, like, Cannonball Run movies, or there was that one? He was in uh, Club Paradise. What was and... that racing spin movie that was like Cannonball Run Yeah, with or Armed John and Dangerous? And... Armed yeah. and Dangerous. Hmm. Sure. He's an all- yes. he was the in man the... with Samuel L. Jackson. That was many <laughs> he was decades Splash. later. He yeah. was the weirdo in Splash, right? Yes, that's right. I only mm-hmm. saw Splash 2, so I'm going to trust you. Yeah. You've um, only, wait, you've only seen Splash 2? It was the first... I, when I saw Splash, I was like, this isn't the movie I remember, because it just... Splash 2 just retold that story with cheaper actors and shot it in Orlando. That's like Mannequin 2. It's uh, like, yeah, it's the same movie. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this was kind uh, of a jobs program for Second City actors. Uh, yes. Okay, there it's very so, Canadian production. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the cast on Wikipedia. Joe Flaherty as Dr. Fred Edison... Uh, Are you Marty McFly? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. McFly. 
Yeah. Just giving the people reference for who I was going to say. Is that Joe? That's who I think it is. Yes. Yeah. That's Joe yeah. Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Fred Edison is like the only character who shares a name with one of the characters from the game. His wife is Casey, played by Deborah Theaker. Uh, Tina Edison, his daughter, Kathleen Robertson. Avi Phillips is Ike Edison. George Booza is Turner Edison. John Hemphill as Harry Orca, aka Harry the Fly, Casey's brother. And. Hmm? Isn't the premise based on something that happens in Maniac Mansion, at least? Not really. No. There isn't anything where you splice somebody? With... No. I'm not a huge fan there, of those There games. is a thing where you explode a hamster in a microwave, if you're I, feeling this, mean. I know. Yeah. Um, I bet the high concept pitch of this, honestly, like the actual pitch was probably like, what if the Adams family crossed with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Well, that like, was kind of is... what the original concept was supposed to be. It was like the Adams family gets mentioned in this article about like what it was originally supposed to be. And then, yeah, Eugene Levy turned it into something more family friendly for the family channel. I'll, I'll do you one better because I don't think you can blame Eugene Levy for this because I don't think he did a lot of this type of work. Mm-hmm. I bet he's... I'm going to bet he's a very affable Canadian. Yep. And he talked to some executives and like, we hate the game. We hate the premise. Love the title. Could be. Could be. And that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, love. Yeah. we love the title. Matt's worked in the business. Sometimes that happens. It's a good title. It's yeah, a it's good a good title. title. Love the title. Do whatever you want. I mean, it could have been a horror movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, we lucked out there that it didn't. Well, I, I think if, if anybody was smart, like, games weren't funny yet, other than the LucasArts games. Like... There were some in Japan and some in the UK, but this is the most playable, funny game at the time they were making this. So, like, th- I think it's why I said I don't take umbrage with it being a sitcom because I think they were leading with comedy. And what other forms of comedy did we have? Are you going to make a Goonies Monster Squad movie out of this? You should have, mm. but I could understand not getting the money for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's such an interesting choice for a show though because like Maniac Mansion was pretty much only playable by a subset of gamers. This wasn't like an NES title, as far as I remember. It was Amiga it was PC eventually. style. It, it thing, was. Right? Actually, there were two different versions. There was an NES mm. version that was released in the U.S. and a Famicom version, and they're mm. different games. Mm. You're right. I do remember the NES version. But it wasn't like a big hit on NES or anything no, like and, that. No, and was... Lucasfilm kind of disowns it because like Nintendo censored it so heavily. There's certain things that it's just like... Yeah, this is like kind of edgy to a 14-year-old. It was way too much for Nintendo at the time. Mm. Yeah, but it's 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 such a it is maybe this is one of those things where because it wasn't such a huge gaming hit they're like we can take liberties with the plot here cuz mm-hmm. honestly this doesn't have a gigantic gaming following to begin with. Yeah, you know, but it's... but it is weird that it became something so utterly unlike the source material. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> like yeah, crazy and enter. And to be fair, like it was a sort of creative show. Like they did something that's become a little bit more commonplace now, which is the first episode was titled "The Tenth Anniversary Special," and it was <laughs> it took the form of a dream where Doctor Edison is imagining that his life is a sitcom, and now it's currently in its tenth season. And so there's just like lots of talking head bits with the actor, like the characters. Being themselves, but uh, acting as though like this is some sort of retrospective, and then they're like, "Oh, let's let's do a clip show and you know watch our home movies," and and it's just like that it, sounds like Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very Eugene Levy. But I feel like the way it was marketed, this this holds the same space in my head as like the Harry and the Hendersons TV show. It's like, oh 
yeah, that's an adaptation I don't need to watch at mm-hmm. all. Like that that exists, but I don't. I mean, I was I was into games, hugely into games week. as a kid, and I'm like, I don't need to watch that at yeah, all. I think I I tried to watch one of these, and it was just like this is sort of boring. And like trying like you can you can watch the episodes are on YouTube if you're curious. Just go check it out. But yeah, it's like the the comic timing to me at least seems sort of off. Like here's a clip where Harry the human fly is talking to Doctor Fred about. Another fly who supposedly has the hots for him. You know, my instincts tell me one thing, you know, my mind tells me another. You can't underestimate these fly instincts. No, no. She just has to look at me with those big baby blacks. I can't fly for a minute if you know what I mean. Fred, there she is. What do you think? Oh, hey, she got a sister? Yeah, the plot of the second episode is that... The brothers talking about how like oh this fly has the hots for me. What do you think? Is she is she like a looker? And but he's still married to a human woman, so conflict. I don't care for this, and uh, <laughs> it makes me hate Maniac Mansion more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, right. God damn it! Thought you were going somewhere with it. <laughs> no, no. I'm just upset. I'm because <laughs> I don't. This is the one I know the least about. I've never mm. personally seen this. Yeah. And I found myself uh, physically hurt by the clip you just played. I, I actively avoided it as a kid. Yeah. A new Which is why we do the show like this. You're supposed to physically hurt yeah, when Michael plays a clip like this. It's sort of like, you know, in the Friday the 13th series where you go in expecting Jason and then, like, who are these people managing a curio shop and investigating ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least the the Freddy series had the goddamn common courtesy to have him kind of host those anthology stories of like Rat yeah, Master yeah. Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's land this turkey. They came to unlock a mystery. I don't see how any living thing could survive out here. They came to uncover an ancient truth. This is it. Dr. Ross has opened the door for us. I say we go in. What they did... What the hell is that? ...was unleash a force... ...unlike the universe has ever known. Oh, what could this be? What could it even be adapting? Shit, I had it. Is this Resident Evil? No. No. Mm, I don't know. This, (laughs) This is... Uh, 2001's Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Oh, Spirits Within. Even though it starts with a Doom boss bit. How dare they? Yeah, which, okay, I've been a Final Fantasy fan for a long time. I know there's a lot of variation in this series, but I think by this point, and by, you know, 2001, you basically need two things to qualify as a Final Fantasy movie. First thing is magic. Second is chocobos. Mm. This movie which is set in the year 2065 on Earth, has neither of those things. We're, we're almost there. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I, I think complaining about where this movie is, is set and what it is without having seen it, you can't call yourself a Final Fantasy fan because there's always a different tale to be told. Mm-hmm. In it. But it also is square flexing its muscle. We can tell a compelling story in any medium. Yeah. And this is bleak. And grim and unpleasant, yeah. and I cannot believe they stake so much of their fortune on it. Uh, like this, this fucking ruined the company. It was a it sunk hugely a movie expensive studio. bomb. 
Yeah, well, they, they didn't they create a movie studio? They did just for it, and yeah, they 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 managed to uh, I think eke out. If you saw the Matrix, Animatrix's The Flight of Osiris, mm-hmm. that was their only other output yep. via this studio. So this was like a photorealistic for the time Dude, CG it looks movie. So bad now, <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> Uh, but so like the bad. facial animations are sort of impressive. The rest of it has not aged as well. Have you seen the new Snow White live action stills? Oh, still, I, I mean, so the main character was this scientist named Aki Ross, who was played by Ming Na, and like one of the indicators of hubris here was that they were talking about how like we're going to turn her into a virtual actress. We will use her in other movies down the road. We will I... put uh, swimsuit photos of her in Maxim. Was uh, this pre-Hatsune Miku? Or yes. was this after? Yeah, oh, this is way pre-Hatsune Miku. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't think Hatsune no, Miku was I'm positive it's, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, 20 fucking years yeah, ago. She's not a Vocaloid. Uh, she's played by Ming-Na, who also played uh, Chun-Li in the 94 Street Fighter movie. Hell yeah. Tie it all together. Yeah. But she uh, kind of, well, the acting is not the best. It's been 34 years since they arrived on this planet, and not a day passes that the survivors, forced to live in barrier cities, do not live in fear. I have vowed to end that fear. I believe my dreams hold the key. The question is, will I be in time to save the Earth? Again, the Earth. Uh, so, yes, this is set in the not-so-distant future. Uh, alien ghost creatures called phantoms have invaded and pushed mankind to the brink of extinction. And a- Aki Ross, along with Dr. Sid, who is played by Donald Sutherland, uh, are mm-hmm. trying to come up with a method to deal with the phantoms. But uh, villain James Woods is having none of it. Members of the council. Gathering plants and animals from around the world to fight the phantoms is utter nonsense. The Zeus cannon is a proven, effective weapon. It will kill phantoms. Can we afford to wait for some crazy invention, some army of touchy-feely plants and animals? Dude, you're in a Final Fantasy product. If you're <laughs> you're going to see touchy feely plants and animals, <laughs> you need to be did, uh, on the side of touchy feely plants and animals. Did Hades just reference the Zeus cannon there? Is that what I, mean? <laughs> I guess? So. <laughs> Tell us more about Zeus's cannon there. It's so wrong. I, we we had to watch this for the show a few years ago, and I was just had shocked to. by how how much worse it is uh, it, with this. I mean, this movie when people ask like. Well, what is the Uncanny Valley? I refer yeah. them to this movie, mm-hmm. uh, The Polar Express. Sorry, Millennials. I know you regard it as a classic. It's, it's terrible. Um, and Beowulf, the Beowulf CG movie. Like These yeah. are all like of a similar era of like, we think we can make this stuff look real. And it's like, you really couldn't. You were really like, far Alec Baldwin is in this. And like, yeah. Playing a character that looks face. a lot like Ben Affleck. Yeah, just make his face. Like it would be so, it would be so much less, uh, like, uh, disruptive and jarring. Just to like make it look like Alec Baldwin. That's all you had to, had to yeah. do. I think Phoenix Downs are for closers, Chris. Yeah. Phoenix Downs for closers. Part of the reason this was so expensive is because computers at the time, even high end ones, yeah. needed a really long time 
to render each frame. Oh god, it was like a day per frame or something, mm-hmm. right? At this yeah. time, it, and, I mean, and there Pixar, are same same deal back then. Ninety thousand frames. Yeah. Might have been closer to a hundred thousand, actually. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like in, in the 20, budget, twenty frames per second, roughly for film, right? Something like that. Twenty-four, uh, twenty-four frames yeah. per second, and how long? Yeah, is the but movie? Uh, I, I I only dug into this while researching Flight of the Navigator, and that was eighty-six. But the idea of having to wait days to see if what you programmed looks good, and then like. Oh fuck! That looks awful. We <laughs> have to go back and do it again, and then wait again. It was the equivalent of developing film, though, right? Because yeah. film had the same yeah. thing, which is like the, yeah. the reason there was this expression "check the gate" in movie making is like, well, we're going to put this and hope that when we go to develop the actual fucking <laughs> film, it looks the way we think it will. Yeah, like... Charlton Heston's toupee didn't fall in between the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what check the gate is. Like, get the gunk out of there and. Jurassic Park is six years earlier. This is over twice the budget for Jurassic Park. Almost three times the budget of Jurassic Park. And it fails way, way harder than Jurassic Park. A big, big write down. And, And like, I love that you can still see it. And there's still this like square logo used exclusively for what they assume will be their future cinematic endeavors and it's mm-hmm. just gone. I also hate to sound like we're shitting on it because honestly, I respect the hell out of Square for trying shit like this. Yeah, like they wouldn't yeah. be Final Fantasy if they didn't mm. take big fucking screens, Right, like, you know? it, like and, and imagine how it would have, this could have tarnished another brand if like ever, make a Final Fantasy 7 movie, like we might not be talking about Final Fantasy VII if this movie failed with those characters, or Final Fantasy Remake hmm. uh, right now, if this it failed with those characters. They would be a dead brand, too. So at, doing something bold and striking, I'm glad they did it, but there's so much hubris. And, and they learned a lot of lessons, like Advent Children, which was the, the CG Final Fantasy VII movie, was way, way better than this mm-hmm. thing. Ended well, it was also there. trying to... It, it was not the same type of photorealism where everything yeah. like it, it felt more like a cg anime mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it was and it was very but close it is, to it is gross but, there are yeah. three colors in this movie yeah and I, I remember thinking at the time it's like this is very pretty it is also very boring mm-hmm. it is a yeah. dull fucking movie uh yeah made- like star trek one movie levels of boring at times in this film you know mm-hmm. what i mean like I hate I almost, Star Trek movie fan, fans, but I almost said Blade Runner, but I get my podcast card revoked if I shit on the original Blade Runner. <laughs> Hell yeah, you will. Uh, yeah. That's almost like you if know. you are a billionaire who owns feel. a media corporation and you reference the character Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade <laughs> Runner is John Blade Runner from the movie Blade he Runner. He owned this truck. Like, wait, uh, do you think Blade Runner? I went as Garfield for Halloween. My dog went as Blade Runner. <laughs> he would um, trade in his cool flying car for this truck. <laughs> That was previously driven by John Terminator, star of Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) And and Larry Predator. (laughs) I'm Larry Predator. This is my brother Daryl Predator. This is my other brother Daryl Predator. (laughs) John Terminator is so (laughs) No business topping John Terminator. That is so He really doesn't deserve his money. He really has no business being a billionaire. He should give us a billion dollars for that burn. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's how it works, right? <laughs> I think so. Like, Otherwise, yes, why, the, why the fuck are people put me in my place? Shit? Have my fortune. <laughs> it's not just one billion. He has four hundred others. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But this movie sucks. And like, mm, here's not, the thing. Not, yeah. You know who it, loved it, this movie? Weirdly enough, Ooh, Roger Ebert. Really? Yeah. yeah. Video game hate and Roger Ebert gave this three and a half stars. Well, it has. It really has nothing to do with a video game. Like, cause there's, yeah. it's not based on a Final Fantasy game. You know, it's just its own thing. Like, yeah. it, but that—that's the other thing that, like, a lot of people heard it was based on a video game, and they're like, "Oh, well, I don't want to see that. Let's go watch Tomb Raider instead." Uh, I, I think, but if like Pixar led with like a Blade Runnery movie, like, no, you lead with something like pal- palatable that gets people want to be, and then you're fourth fifth movie you do something weird and experimental like this i i get the effects didn't hold up for me when i watched it two years ago mm-hmm. um and it really mars everything that's happening but it, it is incredibly hard sci-fi which i don't think anybody would expect it, it like dark crystal-esque i like this universe i don't like this story and i don't like i don't like this movie mm. but I, I like what i i like the world mm. um but very, very, very strange. Too bold. Uh, but and not what people wanted to see in a summer yeah. movie. Well, too bold also, but like a lot of the decisions seem to have been made. Like, let's make this as approachable to mainstream audiences as possible. Like, we're, we're going to have it be like, you know, white, brown haired space marines and dudes in armor with masks and uh they're just everybody looks the same shooting aliens yeah exactly. i've, I've long time had a theory and see if you guys agree with me i think the reason this got made is square thought that what people really loved most about final fantasy 7 was yes. the cg cinematics mm. like yes. because honestly that's what hooked me in the tv commercial the reason i played final fantasy 7 was like that looks amazing if the whole game looks that way, which it doesn't. I, no. I mean, and that's no secret. But, like, I really think they thought to themselves, like, we're making some amazing shit. Our CG is, is top of the line, and we can do a whole movie out of this. And yeah. Like, think, this is um, sort of the apex of Japanese game directors wanting to be movie directors. Yeah. Mm. Like, I remember our, our old coworker Christian talking about that. that it, what now is a brief period for RPGs. He called it, like, a lock and gate thing where, like, your reward for playing through this RPG is a lavish CG cutscene. And it mm-hmm. was only like five years where that happened, but it was a gross misinterpretation by Japan that like people are going to want to see a whole theatrical thing that they've been unlocking in games. It was novel at the time because it, it's like, we're getting Toy Story for free. Uh, no, and, <laughs> no and not yet, exactly. It's maybe one of the things I love most about one of our new releases this week in, in that entire yeah. series. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's as good a point as any to put a pin in this and yeah. move along. So, and despite everything I've said in this, I swear I really love games and movies a lot. <laughs> Sorry for sounding so curmudgeonly. We're going to take a little break. Hope you enjoyed the top five. When we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Oh 
scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. The 1980s were the golden age of mean hard R comedies. I think I was remembering my sanitized commercial television viewings because, like, Beverly D'Angelo's naked for, like, no reason, and I totally forgot about that. I had forgotten all about that because that shocked me, too. I was like, wait a minute. she We see her boobies a couple of times. I don't remember that. This might be a fact. This is the fourth National Lampoon movie? I was shocked to find that out because there's two I have never seen or heard of between Animal House. Two that are kind of lost. One of them's called uh, National Lampoon Goes to the Movies. And Class then, Reunion. Hmm, Class Reunion. Yeah, that's right. I think this is the last movie that where it's clearly defined, like Harold Ramis is involved in this in some way. Like we have some DNA of people who yeah. worked at National Lampoon Magazine. Mm-hmm. And now it's just kind of like anything goes. Now well, it's kind it, of like stoner frat comedies, but not always. They, really they, the company doesn't exist and they sold the I name. Heard- to put on shitty movies that are like already being made, I believe, and they just okay. they'll affix the National Lampoons. I guess the R is for the, the magazine's reputation itself. It was pretty hmm. fucking edgy for for its time. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive headlong into... Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, this is just your reminder that it is fully out this week. Um, I had not been able to go back to the uh, campaign since I started it last week, but... uh, the four-hour campaign. Yeah, rough, that's what I've been hearing. Roughly four-hour campaign, and uh, ironically enough, haven't been able to play it because I can't get past the roadblock on my Xbox to figure out how to close that, <laughs> that so I can to buy play it. games. <laughs> yes, that's right. Can't play it. You have to buy it again. You must buy this thing. Uh, I was supposed to get it for free. That's why I got my dad, the judge, to approve this whole deal to begin with. <laughs> supposed to be on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, other than Call of Duty, this week's big release is Like a Dragon, the man who erased his name. Uh, yes. Full disclosure. What the fuck? Matt works for Sega and got us free codes. Yeah. So uh, thank you, we, Matt. we got to play a little early. Mm-hmm. Um, Biased! This is a Gaiden, yes. which you may know Side from story. Apocalypse Gaiden, the uh, Patreon exclusive show we do spoiler cast for. No, no. Um, ex- explain this. Is that something? It's called Like a Dragon. And the Gaiden games are not Elseworld, but like not mainline. Gaiden means side story. It just means side story. And, no, and the it reason means this is badass called... ninja, as far as <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, that's Ninja Gaiden, because that's how we yeah. pronounce it when we were uh, Back then. Back then. Gaiden! <laughs> now, by the way, Ninja was a wordle answer the other day, and I want to complain because that is not an English word. Anyway. Okay. That is a Wikipara's complaint, mm-hmm. if there ever was one. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Like a Dragon, Gaiden. The reason we are considering this a Gaiden is this is telling a side story of what happened to Cosmic Kiryu mm-hmm. after the events of a Yakuza 6, leading into his appearance into the next Like a Dragon game, 
that features both him and Ichiban, uh, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, which is yes. coming early next, next year. year. Okay. So this is meant to be kind of a a bridge game, but that doesn't mean it's not like a regular Like a Dragon slash Yakuza game. It's it's full featured. Like, don't worry, yeah. there is an arcade. You can play arcade games oh, yeah. and and uh, you know UFO machines Vi- in this thing. Too. And, and yes. yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed how much I get stuck on the UFO yeah. catcher machines. Like, early on, like, oh, shit, it's those birds with the little sombreros. I got to get those. <laughs> uh, oh, I got I got to get the, uh, the robot office worker and the robot manager. I do love that I'm playing Fighting Vipers 2, and I don't know why I'm a bike courier that beats the shit out of people with the bicycle <laughs> off their back, but I sure am yep. that. Uh, I want to give mad props to the Like a Dragon team. Not just because this is a character flaw in me. Every Yakuza game I play, there's a shitload of talking, and I just instinctually pick up my phone because that's what I do during cutscenes, and I forget after like two and a half minutes. Like, dude, this is subtitled. Yeah, you got to read this shit. Read ahead. Uh, read, you got to read this shit. You can also read ahead and skip in these games. I do. I ask them. I also have to give them credit in that. It's one of the few series that, like, will let you skip through text in almost every cinematic except, like, really pre-scripted CG-like stuff. Like, you can just go ahead and hit A as fast as you can read. You'll get through the story. Now, you will miss, I will say, you'll miss some of, like, some key animations of stuff that happened after that line is read occasionally. So you may not want to always do that. But I I don't. But but just in, in terms of, like, every Yakuza game I played, like... It's like a 30, 40 minute story. And this was like, hey, uh, we covered up your death. Now you work for us. You're a secret yeah. agent. Your identity is secret. Here's the combat tutorial. I'm like, and the game starts you. with a fight. Yeah, you're, Thank you're, you. you're doing a bodyguard <laughs> mission, and it literally starts with you beating some dudes up out in front of a club, and you get to test out your new fighting style, which is one of the big main attractions, which is the agent fighting style, where you have. Secret gadgets like the spider. It's gadget. not the only spider gadget this season. Yeah, it, which it, shoots out like a little rope that you can use to grab weapons from far away. You can use it to grab dudes from far away. To me, that's the best part of this new fighting system: is you can just straight hilarious. up grab a dude out of a crowd and fling him at other right. dudes. You can <laughs> you can lasso him in a dosi do circle and take everybody out by the legs from your watch, and still has heat actions and all the stuff you love in these games. It has the um, the dragon fighting style, which is the second fighting style to unlock the more kind of traditional Kiryu. Uh, and I love the way they they introduce that fighting style. Is he's in a fight with a, basically a boss and just gets really fucking pissed. And it's like, oh, there it is. There's the famous dragon of Dojima I was waiting mm-hmm. for. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I love that his his code name, which by the way I've learned like, oh, the Japanese word that they use for code name is code name. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it's Joryu. Joryu. Which like if you're Kiryu and your code name is Joryu, that's like Homer Thompson level. Like I mean, he's, he's also like his disguise is glasses. I think yes. he's talking to you. <laughs> it's Clark Kent level of disguise. It's like he's just wearing glasses, slightly tinted sunglasses at that. Yeah. And I also like the conceit like you're on deep undercover. His cover is blown every second, all the time. <laughs> Everyone yes. <rest>. fight <laughs> now, fight now. Yeah, and so, yeah, the the events of this game, um, it takes place, it's in Yokohama, so it's like the map from, like, a dragon. Um, Kiryu is there, and he is basically, uh, well, 
let's just say it's kind of a spoiler, but like the Omi Alliance shows up. And if you know anything about these games, they're typically the big baddie that is pitted up against uh, Kiryu's clan. But um, in this case, they're like, no, you need to help us. And and then the story just gets going from there. The Tojo clan has, you're told at least, the Tojo clan has been completely wiped out. So, and, and that was as of the events of Like a Dragon. That that happened in Like a Dragon. There was a whole story thing behind it. And it was yeah. fucking, what's his name? It was George Takai who did it. Right, yes. But, uh, spoiler, but anyway. Yeah. And he's the guy who says, extreme close. I don't know his catchphrase. <laughs> um, the Peking Duck. Uh, <laughs> he actually does see that in Like a Dragon. Yeah. Well, like, that, that game, like... Peking Duck is like a metaphor for betrayal in Like a Dragon. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Like a Dragon. i not an aficionado. It's been used like three times mm. in like a couple of hours. One thing I do notice, one small complaint, is that I I don't seem to be able to do a lot of the environmental stuff that I like to do in Yakuza games. Like, uh, if I grab a dude and drag him over to a wall or something else, like I can't smash his face into it, I can't throw people over railings. You have to unlock that stuff. Oh, so there, yeah, the the fighting and and some of the games have done this, others haven't. Where you basically have to spend money to unlock fighting upgrades, which some heat actions are hidden behind that. But no, that's a lot of that stuff is just you have to unlock it on on a skill tree like system, which. There's like kind of like shared skills, and then there's per fighting style. There's stuff that you have to unlock. So yeah. I like the um, the blocks that you can do during boss fights, where like they they'll have a super attack, and then if you like time a, a dodge or a parry exactly dodge, right, it's a dodge. Yeah, yeah. So you you dodge, and then you get to do a counter attack, and it gives you like a moment where like everything freezes, and there's a button prompt. And it's it's, like, it's right. a huge reward, but mm-hmm. if you I'm miss very time it, it and right miss. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like a it's like a one hit kill against yep. you. Like those those attacks are super powerful. So. I'm currently stuck at that moment because like you know the the Yakuza games have always hey here's an hour of uh, immersion and then like learn a shitload of combat styles very quickly. And this was I think did a little better at that, but I'm still like I didn't realize I was holding the wrong button to dodge for like hours oh there's like, well there's a block button and then there's, there's a, a block... face your enemy and square up against right. him and i just I sometimes assumed they were confused. the same and i don't know why they're not but uh yeah yeah rb not lb mm-hmm. i um That's this game's advice. giving me very strong beginning of yakuza 5 vibes because like that game begins very much with kiryu in hiding as well as a taxi driver hmm. right, and he's yeah. kind of uh, self-exiled himself to protect his loved ones and so um i'm not very far in the story of this game but i do love the fact that like he's back in the driver's seat because that's you know like he is i think uh, i've said on the show he's my favorite video game hero of all time to me he's better than any of the snakes he's better than link better than mario he is the best video game hero of all time like eight years uh since the events of six or I think it was 2016. I, I, I went through this oh. today, just trying to figure out. Uh, when but, 6 came out. Oh, gosh. No, yeah, there's, I think there's, it was a little after. It was like 20, 2018. There were some Kiwamis in between, maybe. But like I think that like story-wise, I don't think we've heard from this dude for a while. Like No, uh, I, don't, almost... I, I don't think 
Well, there was there know. was Ishin Koami, and then there was the Judgment Game, sort of in mm. between. So it has, yeah, I guess in terms of yeah. our years, it's been a while. December eighth, uh, twenty sixteen. Wow, in Japan, has it been that long? Oh, was well, I right? Oh. No, well, in Japan, in yes. Japan, uh, worldwide, it was April seventeenth, twenty eighteen. So oh, okay, that's man, when I remember right. playing it, yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, still, it's been a long time since that game. But there's been so much. Like a dragon in between, then with mm-hmm. the other stuff and the, and the judgment games. But um, it's good to have him back in the driver's seat. Uh, I'm really, you know, this game does streamline the story a lot. Like other Yakuza yep. games are maybe a little bit quicker to drop you in the open world map of like, okay, now go dick around and go to the batting cages. Whereas this game is kind of like the story gets going right away and yeah. kind of just keeps going. And, and just and, lots of fights. You, you're just kind of... Oh, yeah. The first few hours, you're just you strung from fight to fight to fight. There's some exploration, but it feels very limited. Like, yeah. you know, here, walk along this path. Yes, we put an arcade in the path. You can stop there if you want. <laughs> but but I've always felt like these the Yakuza games, like Dragon games, have some of the best stories in games, and this I'm is with, very I'm much with in you line with that. that. Mm. Greatest stories and great performances. Well, because I love like he's he's in hiding for you know after the events of six, basically to protect his loved ones, and he but he's also sort of being blackmailed by mm-hmm. like this clan that's taking care yeah. of him they're like well you have to do our dirty work otherwise we're going to pull funding of that orphanage that yeah. you want us to pay they're for they're basically you know? a secret society with ties to the government and yes. so like he has to act as an enforcer or a bodyguard or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they want or they'll pull funding of that you know hit the orphanage from all the other games where he was kind of running the orphanage so it's like okay yep i, I get why he would do what they tell yeah. him to do but uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, I cannot wait and for the next game for Infinite Wealth to come out and we get to see him alongside Ichiban. That it makes me wonder, like maybe you can't say anything, but like if the fact that both of them are in it means that maybe they'll switch up the uh, the gameplay style where Ichiban does turn based and Kiryu does real time. I don't know. Well, there is a demo that comes on oh, this disc. That's where you true, can check but you that have out. to finish the game to access the demo. Wow, really? Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, and I can't say anything, but not because of corporate reasons, because I don't work on these games, I should uh. clarify. I, I work on Sonic games, well, and so I like I just don't know the actual that, answer. You know, there are communication plans, and you don't say certain things too early. So I had a fucking blast with this, and I can't wait to play more. I My biggest problem with Yakuza games, and it's not Yakuza's fault, is I always start them in between stuff because I'm way behind. Yeah. Now and I'm on time, and this started so much faster. Yeah. So much faster. Mm-hmm. Like, a, And it's my favorite game title of the year, period. Well, th- and this <laughs> may or may not sell the game to you. When people ask me, like, what, what are these games? Are they GTAs? I'm always like, no. The real DNA from these games is this is like if Shenmue games really evolved of what they yeah. would eventually become. Um, yeah. But the other answer I always give is like, but also imagine if side-scrolling brawlers sort of evolved. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at their core DNA, the combat in, in these games is... This is brawler combat. And it's literally you walking through city streets. And you, when you encounter gangs of thugs, it's like, cool, now you're going to fight these. They're going to drop money and yeah. other items for you. And I, so you I can keep love going on your way. how quickly Kiryu can mow through the gangs. Like, literally, <laughs> I just see the red markers and I run. I just sprint straight toward them. And without breaking stride... <laughs> 
just just punch straight into them, which oh, tends yeah. to happen like a split second after they yeah. enter combat mode. Oh, the sprinting sprinting jump kick is is basically yeah. how I and, greet and, all of those fuckers. Like, hi, here's my foot. Start out by laying out three dudes at once. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like Kiryu's so OP. I love it. I love. Oh, the and then, of and just, with like, this the spider tool, like yeah. yeah, and then you just I, I immediately like knock a few dudes down and then use that whip thing, the spider thing, to grab a dude and. Fling him around. It's like Sp- <laughs> it's like Spider Man. Yeah, I'm flinging spy, ga- thing, spy spider gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the spider gadget. It is. It really it is. is. Uh, I'm having a blast with it. Uh, man, all uh, this is a 302010 plug, but like uh, I had to watch Old Boy, and where he just wakes up and starts hitting people. Like yes, it's. <laughs> I don't know who this character is yet, <laughs> but I'm beating people up. Yeah, it's wonderful. So that's Like a Dragon, the man who erased his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also had a chance to play Spirit Tea, uh, which I got a free code for. Um, Thanks again for that. But uh, Spirit Tea is one of those games. It looks like a lot of like the Stardew Valley type. Cozy game. It's a cozy game. It's a cozy game, but it has a very interesting and unique hook. So like you... You're playing as a character who I believe is just a fantasy author by default. And you go to this little town out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you get shown to your new house. And you meet, like you, you start out meeting people like, here, make friends with this dog. And this dog will take you around town to meet everybody. And that's like your first real mission is say hello to everybody. Get to know the residents a little bit. Uh, and... Then, like, weird shit starts happening. Like, you put a rice ball down on a table and it levitates and eats itself while you're hanging out with a friend. And, uh, you... There's, like, this old teapot sitting in your house. And when you make tea with it, it gives you the ability to see spirits. And so you find out that the town is full of yokai, basically. But since nobody believes in them anymore... They are all lost. They're basically just be- they become mischievous, shapeless spirits uh, that you know don't don't know who they are anymore. So, with this spirit named Wanyan, who's like a, a cat floating on a giant coin, uh, you go around and you reawaken these spirits. And once you do, they become potential customers for your bathhouse <laughs> in the mountains. So that's the main thrust of this. You are managing a bathhouse for spirits. And you can renovate it uh, and to to enable more spirits to come in and use it. As the spirits use the bath, like they'll they'll take a while, and your your job is to maximize the pleasantness of their experience. At first, this can be as simple as like you you have to know like okay, different spirits get along better or worse with other spirits, and. So if you sit them together, they will have a better experience sitting and talking to each other. And if they have a better experience, they will give you more money as they exit because they, they're sharing what they get in offerings with you. So uh, that's how you make your money is by keeping spirits happy at a bathhouse. Uh, in my experience so far, like a lot of Spirited Away? It, yes, a lot like Spirited <laughs> Away. Uh, my experience so far, a lot of it is just like washing towels drying them, making sure that the furnace in the basement is still going so the towels can dry and the tubs are hot, and then you have to take all the clean towels to the front, pile them on a mat, and customers will just take them as they come through, and uh, yeah, it's 
it's really neat and i i started to get into it like this is actually a lot of fun um so i believe i think matt you said this is on game pass it is a game pass game but i just want to preserve this for posterity's sake Michael says he has a lot of fun in bathhouses. I do. Everybody. This specific bathhouse, yes. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but when I had no health insurance and my back hurt, I spent a lot of time in bathhouses and came nowhere near sex. It was almost disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, somebody, show me a hole this in the wall. <laughs> Give me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Always uh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and and I think you can you can eventually equip the bathhouse with a kitchen. You can unlock the ability to scrub the backs of spirits to make them happier. But also, <laughs> certain spirits will take up different amounts of space. So, like, I think the the first two spirits you meet are like these little guys. One of them looks sort of like Gollum from the Rankin and Bass Hobbit, and they yeah. each take up like one square of your bath. Tub, and then you like the third spirit I met was like this huge woman, old woman with antlers who takes up like nine spaces. And so mm-hmm. you can only really accommodate one of her at a time unless you like renovate and, and build more tubs because the whole place is overgrown with roots. It's cool. I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Check out Spirit T with two T's. Um, also. Nickelodeon All Star Brawl hey, two, two came out. Um, I've been I haven't played it. I have been reading people's reactions to it. I've seen reviews that say like it fixes everything that was wrong with the first game. Yeah, uh, and like it introduces a new slime mechanic that people are having fun with. As someone who's not a connoisseur of these Smash Bros like clones, I don't know what was wrong with the first game. I played a lot of the first game. With my kids, and we love we love being able to beat up on each other as Nickelodeon characters. So for me, I'm like, okay, fine. Like I was a little surprised when they announced this because it felt too soon after the first one because the first yeah. one only got like one or two DLC. Yeah, but but one of the, one of them one of them was full voice acting. Mm-hmm. That was the best response to fan feedback I've ever seen. Didn't it got not, Garfield voice acting, didn't it? Or uh, yeah, uh, it got everybody. Like they, oh, okay. they made like a yeah, they made like a full. Uh, I forget. No, I forget because I, I didn't play much of the first one either. I played a lot of the first one before that patch, but they patched in full voice acting. Right, I do remember that on. was one of the complaints with the first one. Mm-hmm. So. And that's what you really want. The idea is these characters I love, even if there's a new voice actor, I want them to talk and react yeah. to each other. Cool. Like that was the other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's you. I miss that. I feel like uh, this in Mortal Kombat One earlier this year. That is one of the missing pieces to me. Is there weren't as many unique interactions between characters outside of the story mode. And that's always just like a fun little Easter egg of just like, Oh, what's this character going to say to this character? Like there's the reason we want these mashups to happen. Isn't so they can actually fight each other. It's for the interactions. Right. And so like when that's missing, it's it's crazy. These people should be together. Remind me of that over and over again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm all for having more of these. I think the reason the other reason I thought, like, isn't this too soon, is I keep getting the first one mixed up with multiverses, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, what, same. delayed indefinitely or whatever it's that It's the Viacom version of, of, of the <laughs> multiverses. Which, again, as as me not being a connoisseur of this style of game, I thought multiverses was fine. I thought it could have used more modes in, like, a story mode or something. And, and, and I like, I, I love being the pop culture guy whenever I actually leave the house. 
a bunch of people don't seem to know Nickelodeon bought Garfield. I just want to scream that now. Nickelodeon bought Garfield. Yeah. They mm-hmm. bought the Ninja Turtles. They they quite much qu- more quietly bought Garfield. Nickelodeon. It seems so crazy. Yeah. But I mean, does Jim Davis still do the comic strip, or does nobody care because newspapers are all? It's Paws Inc. Baby. Ah, of course. And like uh, Jim, another uh, silent three paneler. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> no, no. He, I just want to w- believe they only bought Garfield and not and friends. Like they left the and friends out of the deal. Like no, no, we'll just take Garfield. Oh, that'll be U.S. Great. Acres or no deal. Yeah, Orson <laughs> will show up in Smash Brothers. Uh, and then, of course, you know this is an annual tradition at this point. For those of you who love the Football Manager games, the new Woo! one is out. Is also on Game Pass, I might add, and also from Sega, as I work for Sega. But uh, yeah. given given my age that I've shown during this podcast, I love a game that's like, you want to be the old guy? You want to be the coach? <laughs> <laughs> your, be knees, the old guy. your knees don't look so hot. Maybe yeah, I don't think you can kick the ball. Uh, <laughs> I we don't can't need a Rudy manage moment. any footballs. They don't listen to me. <laughs> hey, look, Chris, there's no Rudy moment for you. Mm-hmm. What if you washed balls? <laughs> Football manager. I don't know what this game is, but I wouldn't play it uh, if uh, if it's screened on the inside of my eyelids for free. It's not that type of manager, but I love that you thought that they're the ones who... Like, so, like, when I, I played high know. school football, the guys who were called, like, the team managers, they did stuff like that. They were basically like, oh, we're going to wash the balls and stuff like that, versus, like, no, in actual soccer football manager, that's the coach. That's yeah. the guy who's like, here's it's the like, starting lineup. I, I just, I've never played a football manager, but I imagine it is like a Ted Lasso game. I knew it was a soccer game, Matt. <laughs> oh, oh, like I, I cut my teeth on soccer for fuck's sake. Uh, man, can I please plug uh, Nate Bargatze's SNL sketch about George Washington that was promoting different. It was so good. And like, we're going to have, we will never use yards or meters except in football. Mm-hmm. It's a game where you throw the ball constantly. So there's no kicking. There's a little kicking. Yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> how many points? Three, one. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's... football, it's a game where you carry the ball in your hands or something yes. like that. But yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Anyway, let's move. Anyways. I feel like we kind of might have covered this first topic yeah, in the intro sure. a little bit. I mean, we we didn't dive deep into some aspects of this. So yeah, this Nintendo announced that the live action Zelda is is in production and it is kind of being produced by Avi Arad's uh, production company, which is funny to me. Like I've seen Avi Arad in person when I worked at Fox. He would come there for things like the Electra movie. Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> The worst Marvel movie of all time. He's the guy who's credited with all the Marvel movies before they got good. I, uh, yeah, I just love that people are saying, oh, Morbius is Avi Arad. I'm like, he's done so many other Marvel things. Like, he's been attached to every Spider-Man, the good and the bad. No, he, he's every out. pre-MCU movie, I think, from Blade to X-Men to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. X-Men, which I, for me, is really the thing that kicked off the superhero Crazy. Yeah, it's the like X Men movies are, are great wow. and hold up very well. Spider Man well, doesn't. Some of them. 
one and two. One and two, yes. But yeah, Wes Ball is the director, and uh, in addition to Zelda, he's he's also directing Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes and a Mouse Guard movie. You think uh, I want to talk shit about a Planet of the Apes movie? God damn. That, well, that's that's where I'm like, okay, this is interesting, because the other thing he's done, I'm like, oh, he's this is the Maze Runner guy, you know, so... Uh, I, I mean, we we did say a lot about it in the intro, but uh, this is happening, whether you like it or not, so... yeah. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, and I should hope for the best, but I think this is pretty cynical. I I think this is Barbie, like, Barbie did so well, we're going to greenlight the fucking Don't Wake Daddy and Crocodile Dentist movie. Like, no, that wasn't (laughs) what what that that success was supposed to tell you. Nobody wants a Polly Pocket movie. Polly Pocket has nothing to say. No, there shouldn't be a Zelda movie and whatever. It's not going to harm Zelda. It doesn't matter at this point. Zelda's much stronger as a game franchise than it would, will ever be as a movie franchise. And if I'm wrong, I'll be happy. One thing that I did find interesting is, you know, the Mario animated movie was done with Universal. And this is in yeah. partnership with Sony Pictures, which I'm like, you know, Nintendo made a lot of money with Universal on that Mario movie. It is, I wonder how this ended up at Sony. Was this a thing where Sony had some rights to this thing earlier and had to be attached? Was this Avia Raz? Like, no, I like, I'd rather go through Sony. Well, like, is that not clear? Is it live action or CG? It's confirmed live action. Because if it's live action, I'd rather be dead. That's a really dumb idea. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, see that it, at all. It is like, weird. Uh, like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that an actual human belongs in the role of. Link. Did, you, did you see that anime uh, version of like uh, Ocarina of Time that came out this week by a fan? It was so mm-hmm. pretty. It, it it justifies the reason. Like, yeah, there could be a cool Legend of Zelda movie, and then they announced this with Avi Arad in live action, yeah. just like. And I, I think I saw somebody pointing out that um, remember the big Sony Pictures leak that mm-hmm. one of the emails that was leaked was a thread of uh, him talking about how he he was going to get the Mario movie and how it's like yeah I can I can turn this into a huge franchise I've you know have four Mario movies ready to go immediately and then uh, yep. when the emails leak he said like I never promised anything and and like they hadn't even talked about like. Isn't it kind of a weird conflict of interest, Sony Pictures doing a Nintendo movie when Sony Computer Entertainment is... That's what's wild, is the PlayStation people are co-financing the creation of this that is Nintendo weird. movie. Yeah. You know. That is weird. But but we also had the Warner Brothers people developing the Disney's Cars game. Uh, yeah, I mean, things industry. get weird in Hollywood all the time. Like, because movie studios work together all the time in Hollywood. You you yep. will have co-productions. Like, basically, yep. DreamWorks was one big co-production. They were always being like, uh, Fox, you got to get along with Paramount now. Why? Because we're the three most powerful directors in Hollywood, and we said so. Right? It's just like, right. that remember, happens. If, if you don't remember, Paramount bought DreamWorks, and then... Steven Spielberg and David Geffen politely asked them to not own them anymore, and they didn't. Yeah. And they, <laughs> okay, they, they did not. They're Holy like, ah, we owe you. We owe you. How'd that happen? Okay. <laughs> Stop owning DreamWorks, and they're like, let go of the waistband, and like, fine, fine. But we get to keep the kid in the moon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fine, you can keep that kid. I don't care. Stop, Stop owning DreamWorks. All right, we'll help you undo your wedgie DreamWorks. Just imagining an executive like, I got a roadmap for all the Mario movies. Mm-hmm. Fourth movie. 
lock it to. It's going to be our Mor- Morbius. <laughs> where we, just about Here's what I'm not looking forward to. I'm going to make some enemies when I say this, because I know some of our listeners cosplay. Anytime I've seen someone try to cosplay as Link uh, or Zelda or any of the characters with the... The ears don't look right and always yep. look bad with cosplay, and I'm really worried about the ears. There, I said it. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Yeah. There's no reason to do this. I'm sure they'll go to a very reputable spirit Halloween for the fake ears. (laughs) And I I don't want it to go bad because I want more Nintendo movies. If this goes bad, what if they retract like a goddamn sea cucumber into the movieless void and we never see a Nintendo movie for 10 more years? Yeah, I mean, it took, what, 20 years to get a new Mario movie? Yeah, dude, they were not over Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah, it, I, I was thinking about the Bob Hoskins movie we talked about in the last segment. I do feel like it, there might be a little bit of no... They don't want to put all their eggs in one basket, and that's why Sony has this instead of Universal. It's kind of like, yeah, if, if this one goes south, they don't want there to not be a Mario 2. They don't want to piss off Universal. But it's just so weird to me that this ended up at a completely but different what did studio. I, what did I say a billion times on a billion episodes of EGA? Video games are going to decide the next era of the media wars. Because Marvel's done its business. I mean, I don't think it's done, and I'm excited for new Marvel stuff, but it's not performing as well. I was there at the dawn of the media wars. <laughs> I was. I was. You had I to see it. when you said McDonald. Or, or sorry, when you said Marvel's done its business, the first image that popped into my head was Marvel Please. taking a shit taking a on shit. The Kevin Feige with his balls underneath his asshole, just taking a shit somewhere in Atlanta in Fayetteville. Um, Boy. Yeah, but I'm not done with Marvel. I, I like the last episode of Loki. I'm not shitting on Marvel. And I, I didn't hate The Flash as much as a, a lot of other people did. But that's what a corporate acquisition does. Like, we had a bunch of kind of frillless DC movies. So now it's time to bank another franchise. If you have to make a $500 movie, would you do it with DC or would you do it with Nintendo? I'd choose Nintendo. Well, I guess the other thing I didn't think of till just now is like Nintendo and Sony have a bit of a past already. Do they? With the Nintendo PlayStation prototypes uh, yeah. that Yeah, I'm sure that's there, not a right? thorn in anyone's side. Hopefully everyone there is dead who remembers that. Sony's <laughs> wait, been waiting for play ba- payback all this time. Uh, anyway, um let's see. Hey, speaking of a thing that people have been waiting for all this time. Oh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto 6, I put 4 in the notes, but it's 6. Um was officially announced, which is that is news so that's weird. not news because there was that huge leak. We've, we've seen this thing mm-hmm. over a year ago. You saw you could see hours of this thing. I don't like the way this this was literally though just a text a tweet, tweet mm-hmm. on the Rockstar account saying we're going to show you the trailer next month, which I have have to believe is at the Game Awards because what's next month? That's I, big, I right? sent it to you because Jason Schreier uh, leaked it first with Bloomberg. And announced it, and you were like, oh, man, I would have rather had the surprise. And then the surprise was just one of the Housers <laughs> tweeting, hey, we're going to, the game's official, and we're going to have a, a trailer next month. This very much to me, when they do that with, like, literally not even a static asset attached to it. Like, just fucking give me one piece of art, one character, whatever. Well, it, it feeds into the next news story. Your news story was... 
we haven't given up on this franchise <laughs> that well, this, made our this company. Is very, this is very like, oh, this is an announcement for shareholders at that point. Yeah. Like, which is like, did someone at yep. Take-Two be like, hey, Rockstar, please confirm a thing because I mean, we need to tell shareholders. They're something. also in a, in a difficult spot because like, uh, look, I've been re- like, uh, some of it is fed to me through my algorithms, but like I've been reading a lot of GTA 6 news that may or may not be true. And if it's some of it's not true, let me just say this. I read a synopsis of this whole trailer. Okay. Phil Collins song. That's all I'll say. Huh. Phil do, Collins do, song. Do, 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 do. Not that one. <laughs> Should be. No, that it was one I, I've never Tarzan heard of. That song that won the Oscar. <laughs> Son of <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think... <laughs> Yeah, I read. A, I, I think I may have accidentally read a good leak of the synopsis of, of the trailer, because gamers of our age, it's been tw- eleven years since Ten another years. GTA. Ten years. No, it will have been eleven years by the time this comes out. It's getting to the Half Life three levels of like, well, you got to do something soon because otherwise expectations are going to be built up too much. Yeah, or, or I'm, yeah, or I'm not going to care anymore. But like, mm. there's a generation of kids who don't know why this is cool other other than my parents played this. And I think um, Take Two did confirm like they're they're ramping up now at Rockstar. They're hiring, so like. Yeah, this I think they got to get ahead of the of things like this announcement has to go out because otherwise stuff would start leaking. And people are speculating this may be the first two billion dollar game in terms of the development budget. I saw oh I saw estimates of like between one and two billion dollars. What something like would that. we do, by the way, if Rockstar's like Grand Theft Auto Six, ninety dollars? I'd be like. People that pay sucks. It. Yeah, I'm gonna pay it, but I'm so mad at you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so this mad is bullshit. Here's my money. Fuck you. Yeah. Give me the game. Yeah. Uh, and and I, that could easily happen. Of like, it's gonna come with thirty dollars worth of virtual currency for the online mode. That oh you may yeah. Or may but, not I mean, that's the thing with, that, like, you know? if you if you think about it, like, hundred dollar games are now standard. You just don't buy those editions. Yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. they they sold GTA Five, and they have sold GTA Five that way for years now. Yep. It's just we all bought the base edition of that game so absolutely that will be an offer whether or not it's the only offer remains to be seen so uh, another oh. chris you were you're starting to say another non-news news <laughs> bioware reminded us that mass effect still exists and like literally the what was the mess what was the wording of the trailer it's like yes mass effect is Coming event. <laughs> Some, like, There's the no fuck? release date. It's the first time, first video follow up in three years. Yeah, and it, like people were speculating on like, oh, the website says Project Epsilon. That must be the subtitle of the new game. And they're like, oh, that's this is a follow up to Andromeda. And I'm like, you don't know any of this. Shut up. This is just a trailer for shareholders from EA to be like, yeah, I yeah, we're getting they more mass effect. It's coming. a follow up to both, even though. There's a big disparity in uh, where those take place in the timeline. Yeah, but wormholes, so what else? It, it just <laughs> bugs me. It just bugs me because, like, Mass Effect, was that not all of what, like, that was one of our favorite experiences of the that generation. Oh, yeah. Why is I liked t- all three. What, I did. what would the I world really be like three. if EA didn't own Bioware? And, we, like, ah, this... This didn't sell one forty million copies, so we don't care. We were we were kind of saying off mic. I was like, you know, like oh. I take like I would rather I want I wish Microsoft had bought 
yeah. Bioware yeah. Over, yeah. over EA. I feel like they would have been better stewards The people of who published the studio. first Mass Effect. Yeah. I feel like we'd have more Dragon Age by now. We'd have more Mass Effect by now. Like, uh, Whether we liked Anthem. it or not. <laughs> we, we, maybe, we, we probably wouldn't have Anthem. I, you I know, feel like which... the best Bioware games are tied to Microsoft consoles. Like, yeah, Mass Effect 1 was an Xbox 360 exclusive at first. Um, Wasn't KOTOR an, Xbox, yes. an original Xbox exclusive? Yeah, 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 or? yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, Possibly so also I, for PC, but, you know, that doesn't count. But it, it, part of me just felt like with this thing is like, God, do they just feel like they have to do something for N7 Day? Like, they created this event, and now they're just like, well, fuck. But, I mean, it, it's not cheap. Like, that's CG. They're spending mm. hundreds of thousands of dollars for this thing. So. It also might be gameplay bad. I, 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 that's the speculation, at least. It could be gameplay. Because yeah, if be you didn't see the, the, the... Did you not see the three trailers hidden in code? Uh, I saw that, yeah, there was, like, some... There's ten seconds, if you string them together, it's one person who might be Liara walking down a hallway. Right. That yeah. you have to you have to really go out of your way to find. And people did. Hallways confirmed. Yeah, the line said... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the loading. They're that's hiding the loads behind hallways this time <laughs> instead of elevator. <laughs> Which, by the way, lots of games do. I didn't mean to call it a non-reveal, it was just, like... Hey, Mass Effect's not dead. It's crazy we live in a world where that, like, this franchise was so big with everyone I knew. Why do we have a trailer like this? Mass Effect's not dead. Yeah, it, it does. It doesn't use that wording, but it might as well be saying like, it, Mass Effect's not dead. That's what it's saying. Dead. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like... we, we know we haven't said anything in three years of... Uh, Here's here's a clip of someone walking down a hallway. It basically says like more Mass Effect Yikes. is coming, and we're, and again I'm like that's not news. We know you're working on more Mass Effect. Like oh, that's yeah. there's nothing. But also get that fucking Dragon Age game out first, all right? Because that one's supposed to be further along. So like I would throw every Dragon Age into a fire for a Mass, Mass Effect, Effect Geometry Wars game. <laughs> Mass Effect Geometry Wars. <laughs> yes. That yes, mm. fuck Dragon Age forever. Mm. Mass Effect, always. <laughs> Jesus, anyway. God, I hate Dragon Age. Oh God, you know what I hate? Well, a certain social network that was the reason I saw one one news site correctly put this out. The reason the PlayStation Five has a share button on its controller is being removed from the PlayStation Five. So. <laughs> The PS5 is, they announce, uh, they are discontinuing support for X slash Twitter integration next week. Um, and the most likely reason is Mr. Muskie's policy of charging people for access to Twitter's APIs. Uh, uh, Microsoft, I thought the, good, the, best, the best solution was to gouge massive corporations instead of charging them $1,000 a month, what if we charge them $80,000 a month and they'll use our system forever? Your system's declining, dog. What What the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> Xbox already removed this functionality back in April, um, and now Sony's doing it. So which did is Switch. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, what are we even doing here? Like, this, you had this platform that people would come to it was free. They would use it to get news. It was the town square. People were sharing. They were willingly giving you content for your social media platform. That free content. For free. And literally to the point of console manufacturers, like, we're going to put a button so people can, scriv can share videos and screenshots of games, and it's going to be glorious and beautiful. 
and you fucked it up. Yeah, and yeah. now people are like, nah, we're not going to take advantage of that anymore. What did you do? You changed the iconic bird logo to the universal symbol for close this window. <laughs> <laughs> people are doing it man and, yeah. and just just the the overall vibe and i'm i abandoned twitter a long time ago but just like uh hey look how far i've gotten a cooking mama i'm like cool you ever think about how multiculturalism is destroying the world like what god damn why would i want to be in this platform <laughs> how, how much better would cooking mama be with a man <laughs> yeah, what if a was, really, really white man. Where's cooking Papa? Where's cooking Papa? <laughs> and his eighteen children. I, I think I've said it on the show before. Like I'm I'm on threads now and I love like because it's kind of hitting the refresh button on the algorithms, like my feed literally is just news people that I trust, like sources of news that I trust and follow. Fucking puppy videos now. Guitar videos because I liked a few like people doing guitar stuff, so that appears now. And I'm like, this is glorious. This is all I want social media to be. Just give me puppy shit and then the news, and then I'm, me, I'm happy. Give with me, that. give me dopamine all the time. And I just Twitter was a valuable resource ruined by a guy with money. The sooner we all move on from that, the better. So like, like. Invest in another resource for this so we can all walk away from this my, my awful feed platform. is roughly 60% unending misery and dread, 10% cute animal videos, and uh, 30% like some of the funniest people on the planet. Right. But t- right. take it from a dude who markets products for a living. Twitter doesn't have any differentiators. It's one thing that it's relying on for its business model right now is oh, a sunk cost fallacy because mm-hmm. people like Michael are like, well, that's where I get my followers. That's where my engagement is, is yeah. Twitter, right? And I'm like, there's nothing to Twitter does that threads can't do within a few months of just yeah, putting some programmers on stuff, right? Build a new audience. But that's, again, that's the sunk cost fallacy. And I'm like, but that is a dangerous position. If you are a business who your product doesn't really have any true differentiators, like... You shouldn't actively try to sabotage your business when that's the case. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to plug this here just because I'm I'm desperate. The Mystery Science Theater 2000, uh, it's not a Kickstarter because it's not on Kickstarter. If it was, I would have given the money already. It's only but on now Fig. I have to sign up for another thing. Like, I'll do this at the last minute. And it looks like it's struggling, and I'm terrified that I'm not going to get a new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So if you don't know, a new campaign exists. That's my plug for the week, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, but that that see, that's related to this issue we're talking about of, like, things like that could get the word out on places like Twitter before. Like, engagement, impressions, all that shit has been falling off because people like yep. me are like, you know what, I don't, I don't need this negativity. I don't need to spend time on this platform, as much time on this platform, and... Now the first parties are like, yeah, we don't we don't need to integrate with this platform, you know, because because that's the other thing is like no one wants to see content from their game in the same screenshot as Nazi shit, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it is what it is. You did it to yourself. So yep. uh, and then finally, BlizzCon happened over the weekend. Um, we couldn't stop talking about it in chat. That's all I heard from you guys. I'm like, <laughs> enough with the BlizzCon. <laughs> I do think it's telling that one of the biggest pieces of news coming out of BlizzCon 
uh, not to, uh, you know, I mean, hey, look, Warcraft's awesome and stuff like that, but, like, the fact that Phil Spencer made a surprise guest appearance was one of the bigger pieces of news from the show. Oh, the new owner. The new owner. Mm. Yeah. Um, he was there to survey his new kingdom. Uh, but, no, there, there was actually a lot of stuff announced. Probably the biggest announcements were... There are three expansions coming to World of Warcraft uh, as part of this, the World Soul Saga. Um, I've been hearing that World of Warcraft is back on a good path. You know, there were a few bad expansions there in a row, and they they swapped in some new creative folks. Um, this how how long has World of Warcraft been running, gentlemen? Like almost twenty years. Almost twenty now? years. Yeah, it's like two thousand five, I think. So eighteen. Mm-hmm. It's showing no signs of slowing, and if anything, they're just, you know, continuing and, support. And, and it's split off into, like, classic and regular. That, the, and one of the other announcements is wild, so is World of Warcraft Classic is now getting the expansion that was one of the reasons wow. people wanted a World of Warcraft Classic, so it's getting the Cataclysm uh, expansion. Cataclysm? Yes, oh. the thing that changed the map of the original Warcraft. So... Can you still call this Vanilla Warcraft at that point? Or is this just... I don't... I didn't read the details of, like, is this going to be, like, you have the choice of seeing original maps or the new thing? Or does... Or is it... Uh, do we just basically have now a version of World of Warcraft that's on delayed, like, 10-year cycle behind the other version of Warcraft? Cause yeah, that a nostalgic version that, that exists forever. And then in another 10 years, they'll they'll restart and just run They'll get this cycle. World Soul trilogy uh, Another 10 years, they'll have three versions of World of Warcraft. <laughs> um, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they announced the first expansion for Diablo 4 is coming. It's called Vessel of Hatred. <laughs> it's the most Diablo-ass name I've ever heard. Pretzel of Hatred? Vessel <laughs> Pretzels of Hatred, yeah. yeah. Starving. Sorry. <laughs> Like, <laughs> let's see. Um, Overwatch Two is dead. <laughs> now they've got a new hero coming, and it's the game's first oh, Samoan hero. I thought you were uh, talking about how its league is canceled. Uh, the league was canceled. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> announce that at BlizzCon. <laughs> that wouldn't have been a reason for celebration. <laughs> no, they announced a new hero, um, Mauga, who's the first Samoan hero. He looks. He looks like Maui. Yeah, <laughs> from Moana. He really does. But, That's what uh, I thought it was at first. Scrolling you're through this, welcome. this article on IGN.com. <laughs> hey, you guys remember Hearthstone? Sort I of? just yeah. blew a blast of air into my whiskey. <laughs> what? Hearthstone's getting a new expansion called oh. Showdown in the Badlands. It takes place in Azeroth's Wild West. I didn't know Azeroth had a Wild West, which is the world that Warcraft. Michael did. He's nope, I didn't. Oh wow! I don't Whoa. care about World of Warcraft. Whoa. And then a bit of a surprise: um, Warcraft Rumble got announced. Like, hey, it's out! It's out already. So if you want to play a mobile Warcraft game, it's there. It's just waiting for you. Go, go play that. What? Why are you laughing? Don't because laugh. Because BlizzCon was a whisper. It, it, normally, that that all like all my friends are a buzz, and I. It, it might have been, but I saw pictures this. from the show. It was fucking packed. Like, this yeah. is, again, one of those things, like, like esports, I'm like, there are millions of people into this shit that, like, no one talks about on the, the places we haunt. Like, g- gaming has never been bigger, but never been more fragmented than it is now. It's wild. There's no where, where, monoculture Are they posting on UGO.com in the comments? Oh, my God. Uh, like, what, what's where are these BlizzCon I gotta people? go check what's new on x-entertainment.com, <laughs> part of the UGO <laughs> network. <laughs> yes. 
blue uh, Shaq blues news. Let me know what's how going many on. girlfriends thought that was porno when they saw that in their boyfriend's browsing history and went and were sadly disappointed that there were articles devoted to slime and other shit hey, from the eighties. Matt 80s. changed the URL for a reason. Dinosaur Dracula, I yeah. love it, man. I, I forever still follow his stuff. He's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that is all the news that's fit to play. Hooray! Well. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was which Spider-Verse character needs a spinoff game? All right. Well, on threads.net, Raccoon Hale says Spider-Man 2099, mainly because we share a last name. But I think Miguel O'Hara's world would be absolutely fascinating to play in, especially with all the different 2099 versions of Marvel heroes making cameos. Finally, his crusade against the corporation-run world remains an apt message for our reality. I believe that's what's next for Spider-Man. I don't want to spoil the events of Marvel Spider-Man 2, but I hate that IGN did spoil the ending for me with a fucking article that talks about the future of the series. So maybe don't go don't go looking for that if you don't want to get the ending of Spider-Man 2 spoiled. No, that 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 is my what I put together, because they can't make that game again in modern day New York. That cannot happen. Hmm. Uh, because like all all those thrills we got in the PS4 game were yeah graphically better Manhattan. So I don't and like I think Matt agreed with me. Like we added Queens and Brooklyn. Like great, all places where Spider Man does not thrive. Places without tall buildings. <laughs> like, <yeah>. Who cares? <laughs> so I, I, I like. Uh, there are some events that that lead up to that, but I, I, I do believe like that's where the series is going. Hmm. Twenty ninety nine. I all I know of twenty ninety nine is what's in the second movie. Same. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh no! It's all. It'll be great. awesome let's see from x slash twitter at james the terry says all right folks here's the skinny the real mccoy the big cheese harry osborne the one and only played by none other than james franco picture this our man harry simply enjoying pies at local joints spending quality time with his pal peter grappling with the harsh reality of his old man's demise he's out there peeping through binoculars could be dabbling with a bit of goblin gas could be not it's anyone's guess really right it can't be uh canceled from video games i guess Mm. (laughs) all he did was harass women he didn't fucking do touch them why not be a ski yeah yeah wince all you all you want i will uh, yeah toby mcguire won't be a skin in a game but james franco is a way better bet (laughs) date coach says flash thompson aka agent venom it would be a twist uh playing as a symbiote and would also allow the game to expand on marvel's cosmic universe um the insomniac touch would be really cool in that setting this is where i need chris baker to tell me what this is and why this is cool uh flash thompson spider-man's biggest adversary eventually became agent venom um way more of like I don't want to say Deadpool, but he, he sort of looks like a black Deadpool. Is this a um, multiverse thing? Or? No, 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 no. That, 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 that was status quo last time I was reading every Marvel issue. Hmm. Um, Eddie Brock was... Nor Harry Osborn was Venom. But uh, but but he was very... Uh, he was a much smarter Venom and had a lot of tools. 
and very much more in control of the symbiote suit. All right. I'm for it. Uh, on Bisky, Blue Sky, uh, the mm-hmm. Dork's Delight says, Bonesaw, and the fictional shoot wrestling Bones. league he belongs to. <laughs> a wrestling league that is open to people with superpowers has to be an instant hit, right? Right. What could go wrong? Yeah. Wrestling c- only works when no one knows what's real and, and, and amateurs can join. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to see what happens when you actually have shoot fights and shoot wrestling, um, go watch that, you know, the documentary about the when WWE did like the literal tough man boxing brawl competition, all. Oh my the brawl God. for all. Oh, where my God. People they were ruined, concussed. They ruined dozens of years of plans for wrestlers. <laughs> like, right. oh, this guy got knocked out in one round. Well, all of our plans for him to be a superhero are dead. Guys guys who they'd been setting up as legit tough men were sort of exposed in one punch in that thing. And just like, wow, that was a really dumb idea. Oh, wow. uh, so R.A.P. Yeah. Bart Gunn, who's still alive. Is he really? Yeah, just uh, he had to right. go like do real UFC stuff because that's what he became associated because he won the bad contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Fuda Gnarly says I would love a Spider-Man 2099 game. Here we go again. As I really enjoy the 2099 comics, shout out to Punisher 2099. When I was younger, but either an open world game or something more linear would be neat. Going around a dystopian future city would also scratch the Batman Beyond itch I've had for ages. Now that I'm on board with. Batman Beyond was dope. Sure. Uh, finally, Bree Stafford says, my answer is Spider-Gwen. Thank you. Especially after her personally relatable and tear-inducing portrayal in Across the Spider-Verse. Her overall design is wonderful. She plays drums in an Mm -hmm. all-girl punk band. And her story in the movie is at least an allusion to many trans people's coming out stories. What is there not to love? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Bree. Wasn't that your choice last week, Michael? Spread, spider. No, my choice was Gwen Poole. Gwen Poole, okay. Different Gwen variation. But Ghost Spider, or whatever I'm not used to calling her. No, Gwen Poole's Uh, a different character. But yeah, Ghost Ghost Spider, I guess, is another name for Gwen. Spider Gwen. Thank you for wiki-parasing me. I'm sorry, I'm just... Talking through what no, I'm fucking hammered, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen. Her show is on. We don't know when. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just trying to kill time here. While Michael pulls up this video, which I didn't watch and may or may not have audio. We have a uh, video answer finally, which I'm assuming is probably going to be uh, raunchy porn. Starring a YouTube misanthrope. I don't, okay, so at Nashville Scarlet Spider on threads.net, Matt's favorite program. Scarlet Spider has Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what their answer will be. Yeah. Here we go. Answering question of the week What character do you think deserves a spinoff game in Marvel Spider Man? Now, we are looking at probably. I'd say a 16th of my comic collection here. And Bunch most notably, we are going to be looking at. Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. Funko so Pop. Ben Riley is my favorite. Is my favorite Spider-Man. I grew up with Scarlet Spider and the Sensational Spider-Man story uh, when I started reading comics again way back in the early to mid '90s, along with James Robinson's Starman. But he can't be in Spider-Man. So 
for those unaware, he has fallen on very hard times to the point where Spider-Man editor Nicholas says we will never use Ben Riley again. We have no plans to use him, get him out of the story, despite the fact that he had a really nice run in the Beyond series not too long ago. Has now become Chasm, which is kind of an evil Spider-Man, which is needed now as Venom is his own thing. He's not really part of the Spider-Man universe. He's part of his own universe now. So... Ben is now technically the new Venom as Chasm, which has a really cool suit, but a really bad name. Plus, they gave him, like, psycho-reactive slime powers. I feel like he shouldn't have Ghost Spider as his name, but that's That's the plot line from Ghostbusters 2, by the way, psycho-reactive slime powers. Anyways, long story short. I think Insomniac could do a really good clone saga. Uh, As muddled and weird as that thing goes, I think... Uh, Insomniac would do an amazing job telling a clone story and giving Ben a new wonderful personality and that's why I think Ben Riley would be the perfect person to be the new uh, to be a new Spider-Man side game character alright guys thanks so much for listening to me ramble for a bit uh, and hopefully I'll see you soon makes sense uh, I know what they could I, call it you guys ready for the name mm-hmm. what Attack of the Clones. Stop Ooh, it. Stop Never it. been done before. <laughs> I think Bendis did that. Billy but, uh, and the Clonosaurus. It's a spiders. Re- reviled storyline, but like uh the, the Spider-Man games have allowed have been allowed to play fast and loose and, and with the Spider-Man saga in a way that the comics never were able to. Mm-hmm. Even the Ultimates. Uh the Ultimate retelling. So yeah, you are correct, uh, Nashville. You are correct, sir. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Like, uh, there's probably a better way to tell that story, um, and it, it gives us a lot of our favorite Spider friends. So, yeah, Ben Riley, let's give it. Shouldn't always be Andy Samberg crying into his arm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, new question of the week. So, I think there's a lot of Zelda fan casting that I've been seeing on the social meds today. And I want to step it up a, a notch a little bit. Not just who would you cast to play Link. Who would you cast to play the whole Triforce? Link, Ganon, and Zelda. And I think oh. uh, for me, there are only two possible answers. One is John C. Riley in every role. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a part of Balance of Life. <laughs> <laughs> the other is Daniel Radcliffe, Robert Pattinson, and Elijah Wood but they alternate who's playing which role from scene to scene. So you just have to rely on the costumes, and it's making a bold statement about face blindness. Okay. I love it. It's like a Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus kind of thing. I, I am dying. Dying in my life as a film fan. Let's separate this from the game fan. To see Daniel Day-Lewis sell out. Hmm. But if you told him you're going to play three forces, three parts of the Triforce, <laughs> I am the third triangle. I am the third triangle. <laughs> I drink your Triforce. I drink it up. <laughs> I drink from your fairy fountain. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> oh, Matt. Yes. I'm finished! <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. Thank you. I do like that that movie ends like every three-year-old sounds when he's on the jaw and waiting for his mom to wipe his ass. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm finished! 
come. Uh, it's my favorite part about that movie. It's because like he's not gonna get in trouble. Clean nope. up after me. Nope. I'm yep. a dirty baby. Wipe me. <laughs> I got to time travel a little bit for mine because I can't think of a modern actor to play Zelda that I uh, actor to play Link that I wouldn't want to punch out. Mm. I'm gonna go back to the '90s, and the perfect choice would have been Jonathan Taylor Thomas, little JTT for Link. Like, oh man. <laughs> You oh, know. Man, if you think I'm going to get rid of those posters, I, I drew a lot of stuff on those. <laughs> then I'm going to I'm going to travel, let's say ten years beyond that, back into the Wire era. Idris Elba for Ganondorf. I need I need him to be the baddie. Uh, mm. although, although current Idris Elba would be perfect as well. Now I'm taking I'm completing the time travel journey with modern era, and this is this is a serious pick for who I think should play Zelda. Um, Grace Van Deen from the last season of Stranger Things, who is Casper Van Dien's daughter, and I didn't make that connection what? before. Yes. Hmm. I get you, sir. Jesus. All that right. That is Casper Van Dien's daughter. Um, and she looks a little bit like Zelda. She's sort of like an up-and-coming next-it thing, you know, actress or whatever. Like, she did a great job in Stranger Things, and it's like, yeah, why not? She looks the part, and we need we need someone that age. We asked this in, in the chat, and I tried to think of the most prominent blonde in the universe, and I was just like, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> don't, don't let him talk. Uh, Cody Rhodes. American Cody Nightmare, Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Don't remove the tattoo from his neck, either. Oh, just to make it visible the entire time. Link, why do you have a Texas American flag on the side of your neck? Why do you have the worst tattoo in all of Hyrule? <laughs> uh, Cody, Cody Rhodes is great in the first episode of uh, Captain Laserhawk, the, uh, the Blood Dragon remix. Is he in that? He is for not oh, very long, but he's in. Oh, it. right, yes. Yeah. Um I feel like I should give a real answer to this. Um I'm going to say I think Link needs to be someone androgynous and skinny. And uh I saw people nominating Michael Sarah and he'd be great, but I think this might be an actual good fit for Finn Wolfhard in in like a blonde wig. I if we want to be serious. Yeah. Uh I think Ganondorf, Ron Perlman. Uh, and <laughs> my choice for Zelda might actually like the, the, what springs to mind is Anya Taylor joy because she has like a, a very pretty, but also kind of slightly weird. So she, she should be two face. Nintendo princesses. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it actually, doesn't matter I, I'd forgotten if it's live that she action. Was peach. I'd forgot she was peach, but yeah, no, that's, uh, fine. Uh, yeah. and I, if I had to give a real answer, uh, I love Baby Driver more than I like most of my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Ansel Elgort, or whatever his fucking name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, see, when I was talking about, like, the modern actors that I know would get the part, if fucking Timothy Chalamet ends up being Link, I will be so upset. Like, I just, I'm over Timothy Chalamet. He's he's in too much. I don't hate that kid, but I I would, that would not excite me, and that would really make this very bad. What if it's (laughs) Ezra Miller? <laughs> I'd rather have Henry Miller. To honestly, be honest honestly, with you. The- Ezra Miller would be good <laughs> if they if it's a version of Link that is constantly just throwing people's uh, pottery around and uh, destroying things with a sword for no reason to find right. money. He can, he can be any jackass member. I'm going to walk silently into your house and break your pots and take the coins I find. You know what? I changed my answer. It should be Dave Foley. Even though cute doesn't age, Dave Foley should be True. Link. He'd be amazing. He's got the hair. He can be old hair. Link in which he'll tell the story of the legend. Very of good. Yeah, yeah. I love it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
You've just <laughs> reached. <laughs> but in an alternate timeline, he's that radio, de- the apocalyptic radio <laughs> DJ character. Yeah. You're listening to Hyrule on the dial. Everything is really bad, and I've been warped into the future. Oh, be prepared for uh, arthritic link. I got a brand new roller skate. <laughs> I hope people watch the new season of Kids in the Hall. I don't Hall care if anybody got If you don't get that, I don't want you listening to the show. How about that? <laughs> Always a out. winning strategy, telling people Seek not to out. listen to the show. <laughs> I just want people like that. That kids. Not, I want more of that show. That was so good. It was good. It was one of the it best nineties re- resurrections of anything ever. Yeah. Fuck your stupid iCarly, Keenan and Kel, Good Burger sequel. The Kids in the Hall sequel was great. Great. Kids in the Hall rule. All right. So what is your dream casting for the Triforce of Zelda characters? Let us know. Go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there you can answer. Or ping us at VG Apocalypse on Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky. And we will read the answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's go with some plugs. What do you got, guys? Patreon 302010, leave me alone. I'm so drunk. No. <laughs> Won't leave um, you alone. Please, please let well, me go on, to bed. On the Patreon, we're all we're all kind of getting toward finishing up Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Chris platinumed it because he he was awesome, but um I'm not too far, I don't no, think. No, it's it's, it's an easy game. platinum, man. Any, you can all platinum it. It's very and easy. And I will, um, yeah, you know, we, we want to do an Apocalypse Guide in spoiler cast about the events of that their game, but you can only get access to that at the $5 or more per month level on patreon.com slash laser time. The other thing I'll plug is um, just buy all the Sega games, uh, Sonic Superstars to start with, and then go ahead and buy... Um, like a dragon, the man who erased his name. Buy that. Buy all the Sega stuff because I work for Sega. And I, I don't usually like to plug things that are still relatively far off in the future. But you know, the game, end of the year, game of the year stuff is coming up, and mm-hmm. we like to record a show where we argue about the ordering. So I have no reason to doubt that we are going to do that this year. So oh yeah, uh, that's another that's another thing. It's it's always a fun time. Uh, but oh, where Matt manipulates us all the time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Dave the diver. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Dave yeah, yeah. the diver. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm sure Dave the Diver is great. I just don't see it getting Game of the Year this year. No, no, no. Anyway. I'm not not number one. It, yeah. It'll be in the top three. Let <laughs> me go on the record here. No, it's not. It's it's great. We'll see. We'll see. It's great. It's a great game. Uh, anyway, that has been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, you can follow us on the socials at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah, as nuts go there, one of the healthier, because they're they're higher protein than other nuts. Still high fat. Delicious. Still. Matt, we're in no nut November. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>